Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tonight, Guardians, we are going to kick things off because we don't have a lot of time to waste. We're going to be talking about all things Destiny 2. Guardians, tonight on the Destiny Show podcast, we celebrate 30 years of amazing video games brought to us by the talented team that developed the best game in the world, Bungie. We celebrate a new era of Destiny with Season of the Lost and The Witch Queen launching on February 22nd, 2022. We can't wait to play, and tonight we are honored to be joined by this amazing panel of creators in our community. We have Jarv, Rowan, Rowden, Alpha, Benji, Shadow Price, and King Allen should be here shortly as well. And uh, we're going to be talking about some Destiny 2. We're going to talk about the reveal. So Guardians, I hope you're ready. Think so. I oh, got. I got one question. Who's right that? Is that King Allen over there? What's no, up, King? How are you, Allen? The me King is here. Make sure you're waiting for the royalty to come in, okay? Just, yeah, just, yeah, just, whatever. Exactly, Allen. <laughs> We're waiting for the King. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My man. Speaking of which, when is the King arriving? Because it ain't that guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, King Allen, welcome, brother. Welcome, I gotta ask y'all, what did you all think of the content that we saw this Tuesday with the Witch Queen showcase? Absolutely mind-blowing, honestly. I, I quaked mm. too many things. <laughs> Dude, we all did. It, did everybody's jaw drop when like, they reintroduced Gallahorn? coming back yes like <laughs> every literally jumped out of my chair yeah <laughs> it's how they did it though right it's not just like galahorn's exactly. one thing exactly exactly like, turning yeah. the loot cave into a dungeon yeah is actual genius like that's pretty oh, legendary yeah. that's pretty legendary right there actually it's definitely not tanix honestly i think uh, benji's reaction to the whole thing would have been ah that's not hog moon though you know <laughs> no but i just <laughs> luna Bro, I lost my shit. I, actually, uh, I, I, yeah. didn't even, I didn't even realize that Gally was coming back. I saw Luna and was just, I, I stopped watching. I went crazy. <laughs> you know what you need to do now, right, Bench? You need to update your tweets so it's no longer days without Ice Luna. They need to be countdowns now. Yeah, yeah, start countdowns now. Oh. Yeah. Let me yeah, go so find that tweet. 102 days. I need to do the tweet now, actually. It's 102 <laughs> days from now until we get Ice Luna back. Oh, right. It's only 179 Countdown days left of the season, bro. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, no, I I lost my shit so many times, and I'm I'm gonna say that now that we already set the tone that this is not a rated PG-13 show tonight. 
Um, but I lost my shit many times during that reveal from the campaign promise to them telling us that we're going to get new raid content every three months. Like that's really cool. Getting end game content on such a good cadence. Like it, it felt like destiny f- for the first time ever had direction to me. And the fact that you can now create your own weapons, like that's so, so awesome. Such an exciting time. I'm, Giving us I'm back that hyped. targeted uh, farming we've been asking for for ages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like they were confident. They were really confident. Like, you know, it's just like they that showcase was was epic. It was flawless. Yeah, it like, was like an Apple showcase. Like, I thought they were going to yeah. show off the next iPhone. I mean, I, I, like Joe Blackburn said, right, is that Destiny's best years are ahead, and it's quite clear that the, at least the next yeah. year and a half is filled to the brim, whether that be nostalgic content or new content. And yeah. going back to your point about, like, the campaign piece... Can we just take a moment to appreciate legendary difficulty campaigns? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How long? How long? How long, Cornholio? How long have we? I've been talking about that. How long? Dude, I got Halo feels down. I got gave me chills when they said that. And that's like, what I'm talking about. They're the honoring. Campaign. They're yeah. finally honoring their legacy, especially with this 30th anniversary thing too happening mm. this year. And I and I really really appreciate that. Like that. That just it. It just goes to show you how like awesome like this game could could be now that they're just they're fully understand what they want to go in the direction and everything. Just, I, just thought just, De- I just thought Halo skulls. I was just like, they're gonna have similar things. They're gonna be like, instead yeah, of fifteen have, skulls, like, uh, or fifteen wishes or whatever. You know, are we gonna have the magnum? We're gonna have the Halo magnum. I guess I think they said is one of either an ornament or a weapon or something like that, right? I think in the uh, they they said Halo themed weapons or something. Yeah, Halo Marathon. It's all gonna be in the 30th anniversary. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Let's talk about that 30th anniversary. What were your thoughts when you saw Gallarhorn? So, in my opinion, that could either bring the community together more than ever or divide it because Gallarhorn is probably the most loved weapon in Destiny. And based on how they tune it, it's either gonna break the game or get a lot of veteran players angry. Uh, it won't break mm. the game. I think they'll do a Vex approach with it. Pretty weak to begin with, and then maybe buff it if it's needed. And they've That's already said that it's going to be a guaranteed drop, so it's not RNG yeah. missed. Tell so. me which rocket launcher right now in this current sandbox that melts enemies. I, I like my Hezen Vengeance. Yeah, melts yeah. enemies. Oh, yeah, melts. Uh, rocket yeah. launchers in Destiny 2 have, have never been in a position to melt any yeah. you know any major boss at least yeah. you know yeah. so yeah. yeah so it's it's not going to be a problem the people just just they just gas everything too much and make a big deal out of everything I was intrigued that they're going to release Nerf Gallarhorns alongside that is that a, oh, a, you know yeah, tease that they've nerfed yeah. the gun <laughs> like i don't know i mean it's a bit of a marmite thing i mean yeah. we had, we had three b- versions of gallarhorns too <laughs> yeah right but it's well like you said it's t- two things so you got the nostalgia piece yeah. galahorn's great for two reasons one because it was so good but also everyone remembers their story of their first galahorn and how difficult it was to get that goes away when you re- bring something back and you make it a guaranteed drop so that sense of discovery and awe and excitement yeah. is re- is sort of gone the only real excitement is that you're regaining something that was taken away 
Um, that's so it really depends on how that's going to sit, and like you said, it's how good or not good is the weapon going to be when it comes in. Because wolf packs is intrinsic. Wolf pack rounds is supposed to be intrinsic on the weapon, and it's going to have something yeah. else on it as well. So, be interesting to see what that is. Is it going to be like? Because you're going to have to have more reasons than just to run that dungeon once, right? A bit like presage with dead man's. You're gonna you've got yeah. generally a bit more of a reason to run that to get the role that you want. So. Are they going to do something like that to Galahorn? I feel that's a bit of a risky Honestly, move for, for a Galahorn, gun that's so iconic. For for Galahorn, it should be a mission that 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 literally uh, takes over Whisper Whisper mission. You know, yeah, it has to be way better than that. The replay value of that mission was crazy. Not not only because people were helping other people to get it, it was also because the mission in itself was just perfect. It was mm. perfect. It it added all the elements that you would expect from a Destiny One type of mission, you know. Uh, like for example, doing the Omnigal Strike, like in D One, is completely different to doing the Omnigal Strike in D Two. I, yeah. I I don't care about the D Two Omnigal Strike at all. Like I just don't. And but when I play D One, every time Omnigal Strike comes in, like everything just, it feels perfect. Because the story, you know, it, it 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 gels well, and everything is perfect. Just this our screaming, beautiful. There's something about things like that that speaks to the majority of audience. You know, it, the whisper mission has to be like topped if they're gonna introduce uh, Gallahorn using a mission. They did, re- they did reference though, didn't they? That. Was it Presage and the other mission that they are very happy with those missions and they want to do more things of that scope and that that kind of content in the future? And we know they're very good at it. So yeah. I'm sure we'll get plenty more, not for Galley, but I'm sure in the future there'll be plenty more where that came from. Yeah, And this season's a great opportunity to do that type of thing because for the first time in probably nearly two years, they've not even released a roadmap for this season. So we don't know what's coming. Like, That's true, none- yeah. Yep. We don't know if there's one secret exotic mission or two or when it will be. Mm. Whereas before, you know, you know, roadmaps yeah. are great for content creators because I can plan and roadmap my content out for the entire season. But that's just not the case. That keeps us and players generally just on your toes. You don't know what's going to happen on any given day. But it's yeah. those moments that make Destiny. And that's what happened with Whisper, like you say, stumbled across that public event, that difference. And then yeah. everyone suddenly jumped on it and it became a big snowball effect. And that sense yeah. of awe and discovery, those are the moments yeah. that make this game yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah. Because that's Notice how you make memories, yeah. no? Because, see, there's a difference between knowing that a mission is coming and being ready for it and doing it, because you already know that the, 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 the magic is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Magic's mm-hmm. gone. But then you you accidentally finding something because someone found some instance of something somewhere and that is brought to Twitter or Reddit or Bungie forums or whatever, right? And then people yep. talk about it, talk about it, and the 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 suspense builds and everybody wants a piece and it is different that the memories come from that. People will forever remember the Whisper mission. Forever. Nah, I was in bed. I got yeah. out of bed just to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bungie has always thrived on keeping things close to the chest and then just dropping it out of nowhere and leaving in little mysteries that can still linger behind. That's always yeah. been part of their magic. 
I mean, not really. They took took off took away all of that in D two. I don't think they gave you instances of it. Here and there. I hate to agree, but you are right. Yeah, and it's it's it's. I love Bungie. I'm a Bungie fanboy. I'm sure most of us are, right? Oh yeah. Absolutely. But I also, yeah, I'm also very cognizant of everything that they do wrong. You know, like it, it's 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 it, it it's hard because we're also passionate about the game, and then we're also invested in everything that goes in and around. The game is hard sometimes. Uh, I'm obviously some of us are really, really grounded about giving feedback. Some of us speak from like a very passionate and uh, hostile place, and we don't even uh, we don't even realize it until it's too late. Mm. You know, and then and that that's that's the biggest issue that we have as a community when it comes to like talking about stuff, and and then I don't know. I, that's why I, I I refrain from saying some things, because I don't know how it sounds, uh, mm-hmm. over text, <laughs> and then that and then it's it's you know it, it's hard because, and that's the thing. Everybody has their own idea of destiny, like yeah, that, that they're that's their destiny that they want, and so they go to the forums, they go on Twitter, and they're like, oh, well, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that, but here's all the things they did do, you know, and so it's I mean it's like. It's kind of a double-edged yeah. sword, but Bungie, yeah. I feel like they know, they they have a very good idea where where they're going with everything now, you know. And it's just like I thought that showcase like nailed it when it came yeah. to that. Uh, I think they have more clear vision now than they ever did before. Oh yeah. yes, you know, but it's it's Bungie's game again now, right? Yeah, like, yeah, back where it belongs. I hope the one thing that this entire showcase killed was the narrative that Bungie didn't care and Bungie doesn't listen. Mm. And I, I I want that narrative to just completely kill itself. They mentioned Doom, they mentioned Titanfall 2, and they mentioned like Dark Souls for like campaign, like a, a comparison of what this campaign could possibly be. Yeah. So speedrun campaign on legend let's go <laughs> let's go <laughs> <laughs> who, okay who all is playing it a legendary right day one like right off the bat right yeah, off the bat yeah. yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah. i get yeah. fond yeah. by those shadow thrall give it to me <laughs> i know i want to get like freaking <laughs> blade barrage by the, <laughs> the damn Dude, those, hi- <laughs> those hive guardians just looked absolutely terrifying uh, even in that clip on the campaign but in the showcase generally and one of the things that i said is like how do you even begin to fight one because it's like i mean yeah could you just imagine walking out getting chaos reached by an acolyte <laughs> just just the thought of a hive guardian throwing stasis at me just seems like not f- not fun <laughs> pre pre nerf stasis being thrown at you bro oh god <laughs> horror just all the way on like the other side of the mission throws a random grenade and you're just frozen in place. And how many yeah. are gonna pop their supers at once? Like that's the thing. That's what Dude, you're that's happening now. <laughs> I I found like Hallowed Lair for like nine hours to get the launcher, and I was in my arcs, you know, I was in my uh, arc staff, my super with Raiden fluxes. I must have got frozen like three times trying to kill all those ads. Uh, nightmare fuel for thought. 
what if the ads are programmed to coordinate their supers together? Oh my god, that would be amazing. I want it. That would I be incredible. Yes. You get a stasis grenade thrown at you while another like an <laughs> acolyte just titan smashes no. you. It'll, it'll take I it even a, a bit well. further. Put down a stasis listening? turret. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's her yeah what, what if what if the, the the ai starts adapting like actual guardians oh like that would be amazing that, that would be nutty i would live there i would live i, I won't come out i would live there yeah i mean halo infinite bots are already doing it think about it think about it if it was if they start doing it and their ghost says, Welcome to the Halo life, it's over. You know how many people aren't installing the game? Welcome to Halo life, bitch. <laughs> Welcome to Halo life, bitch. Oh my god, yes, please. Five Guardians 3 peaking. Oh my god, let's go. Oh, no. 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 The, the Knights could use a sword to free pink. That would be a. Uh, Wizards, be chaos hard. reaching. Yeah, bruh. And yeah. I want the ghost crushing finisher and the oh thought my. if we can do that to theirs, can they do yes. that to ours? Oh, oh my god, bro. Instant bro, I... zero respawn. Yeah, and yeah. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Respawns. That could be oh, that could that. be busted very quickly. How are we gonna that. protect ourselves from that? No, no, but they did say that, right? They did say that. Something about those uh what is it called? Some master legendary versions of it or whatever. Yeah. And they said that they did say something about uh, it's gonna heavily hurt your uh, no response. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What but that's if one thing that's not really in Destiny Two, is it? Like the Darkness Zone was in Destiny One, all over yeah. the place. Like restricted yeah, I mean, revives. It, what, what it doesn't if, exist like, in D Two. Yeah. Really. What if they brought it back, like with the ghost crushing thing? Like I'm saying, what you said could yes. be a possibility. All of yes. So yeah, crazy. Bro, I'm excited, bro. I'm so excited. It's, it's I nutted, bro. When I saw the ghost question, <laughs> it's over. Like. But straight up, uh, I think that also implies another question. Because for me, I'm super heavy into storytelling and lore and all that. The question remains, how did Savathun get her hands on enough light to create these hive like ghosts and infuse light into the hive? Where did that come from? So to answer that, so there's a, a bit of dialogue between the crow and Mara in the align in the new align activity, in the astral alignment. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. when you're in the well, when you finish it, um, Crow says to Mara about feeling bad for some of the things that Osiris asked him to do, and one of those things was to get him a massive um, batch of ghosts from Spider for Sav uh, for him. Um, and then Mara says they've not been able to locate those ghosts when looking oh. through his caches and stuff like that. So a massive batch of ghosts that Spider had that Crow got for Osiris is now missing. Obviously, mm. we know what happens to those ghosts in the end, I guess, at this point. Yeah. We know more than the characters in the game at this point because of the reveal for Witch Queen, which is a bit of an interesting place to be. But that's where the story's going to head. But how they get the light, I guess that's what this season's all about. Yeah. I did not even think about that. That's really interesting. Yeah, because whenever Spider's thing was collecting dead ghosts, and that was part of like a mini currency that we had to, you know, buy bounties, buy these 
assassination bounties, as you will. But mm. those have been taken. Crow got those for you said they got them for Osiris, right? Yeah, who's been Savathun this entire this time. entire time. Yeah. So Savathun already got her hands on. So that's one part of her plan already fulfilled to create this new legion. But we just got to figure out how she funneled the light in. And the whole thing about this is the truth. Maybe we've been thinking about light and dark entirely wrong this entire time. But well, didn't they say in the trailer that it's just paracausal, right? So it's yeah. like. I mean, it's, it's the purpose of for which you use them for, which then determines whether they're good or bad. Not that light is good and dark is bad, which is what we were always led to believe back in Destiny exactly. One, right? Well, she is like the, uh, the the hive god of cunning, and you know, so she's obviously like got a flan, plan formulated on how this is yeah. all going down. Like she is already like ten moves ahead of us, basically. Yeah. I bet. So <laughs> don't believe, don't take anything she says, you know, just take it at face value because it's probably BS and it's going to come yeah. up back and bite us in the ass at some point. Right. So pretty so much. Did, did anyone pick up a collector's edition of the witch queen? Yeah. Yeah. I have plans to. <sighs> yes. I got okay. that. In a bunch Pre-ordered, of- but I didn't get, I didn't go for the collectors yet. I'll go for the one oh, without no. the game. I've just yeah. pre-ordered the game. Yeah, okay. I already learned my lesson with uh, pre-ordering the new Zelda game. I didn't get that for another three days because UPS decided not to cooperate. The uh, Skyward Sword? Yeah. yeah, I don't want to be oh. a buzzkill. The last thing that I ordered from Destiny, it, it took me a year and a half to get to me. Oh, oh that's rough. What was that? Yeah, well, was it, it a jacket? Was it, was it a raid jacket? Was, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It, it was it was a ghost and something else that I ordered, and. Uh, but any, anyways, this collector's edition, like somebody actually got it for me, and they're gifting it. They're they're Aww. shipping it as soon as they. Go. Oh, dude, that's awesome! That is so awesome. I don't know, bro. People, people, I I'm just blessed, yo. People, people are nice. Me. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I love about this community, and yeah, I I was really lucky to get a chance to pick up the collector's edition. I had to wait in line. Like, I seriously thought I would get really lucky and pick up a graphics card while I'm at it. But it didn't happen. They didn't have Damn, any graphics cards. look card. at you. Got yourself one, you selfish person. Didn't <laughs> get me one. <laughs> you know, the, the line that we had to endure, I, I thought there was going to be something even more. But uh, I was able to pick up a collector's edition. I did pick up a copy with, without the game because that was what was available at that time. Um, did you see that it was on sale with Green? Um, yeah, one of the was it Green Man game, game? No, Steam, Steam or Green Man Gaming today? Uh, Green Man Gaming. So, we will be posting affiliate links very soon with some awesome deals for anyone who's looking to pick up the new Destiny 2 bread with the Witch Queen. Uh, I will be picking up the edition for the Bungie 30th anniversary. So, I'm, I'm curious now what stuck out to you all? about the future of destiny that you're really excited for more people more people yeah definitely Love for that. me it's grindability and a uh, renewed focus on story because i want something that's gonna for me a lot of people will try and get me to play you know this game this game this game but if it doesn't have a story that i can keep coming back to and feel invested in i just lose interest fast like so fast 
but having a new renewed focus on uh, storytelling, improving like the difficulty of these missions, the grindability, bringing back targeted uh, grinding, all these different items, I'm just beyond beside myself. Okay, so this is the this is the this is where the issue is with people who love only the storytelling aspect of it, or you know, who are really really drawn towards. That's their main, you know, course meal with Destiny, to put it, right? It it ends really fast. It does. And then what do you do after that, right? And I think mm-hmm. Bungie is focusing on that more than just storytelling. I, I feel like last season uh, and the season before that, they just wanted to show, you know, that they're, 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 that they're Bungie. And they, they got, like, they told people to give you the story like you never could have imagined, you know? And no, the next mm-hmm. seasons are, it's going to be them showcasing what they can actually do in terms of giving us activities that's going to retain player base or work on activities uh, that have lost player base and bring them all in, right? So crossplay, it's guaranteed to increase the player pool, overall player pool, right? When the overall player pool goes up, obviously more people get invested. Like just today, just today, and the the, the new DLCs aren't out yet. I, I have people coming in and saying, you know, they're in, after watching the showcase, they're in, interested in Destiny again, and they're playing and they're asking for tips out to level up and whatnot, right? And that's it's not even been a week, right? And the word's gonna word's gonna get around, and more people are gonna get invested. They're gonna play, and a lot of audience is gonna come in. For me, people coming in is the best part because when there's a lot of people to play, this go- this game just becomes phenomenally more fun to play. It just happens. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know why. It the game the game just becomes better when there's a lot of people playing it. It just it it just goes to a very bad place when there's not a lot of people playing it. Yeah. And bear in mind, this is regardless of whether or not we have enough stuff to do. Yeah. Those bad those those bad places for me, I th- when I think about what you said, is is probably norm unless it's obviously the PvP and how quiet that's been since D two. Yeah. Well, well, in Destiny generally, I know that's that's a conversation in itself, but like generally like it's only really the last couple of weeks of a season that people get really like there's nothing to do in this game it's like well there's a new season out literally in a couple of weeks just like run some gms or play a different game for a bit like it's it's fine like (laughs) destiny's free it's not going anywhere and like the uh said in the showcase like since they went independent they got like nearly 20 million new active players like it's clearly working like the model is clearly working and like what you said about like story i think They've taken a lot of the, you know, feedback that they got. When you think about Destiny 1 and how disjointed that story was and how players oh could burn God. through that in a matter of hours, yeah. like, you know, they, yeah. they're taking the story out of Lord Cards, they've been in the game, the character development over the last 12 months has been phenomenal um, yeah. and, it, and they're going to continue to grow over the next 18 months as well and there's stuff's going to happen that we're not even going to see coming. And, but yeah. it's all in the game now, not just in a card that I read on my phone while I'm sat on the toilet. I mean, they, they, those are big changes, man. And um, right, a, Yeah, so I'm going to give you an analogy, right, for the storytelling, how it was to how it is right now. So mm. uh, the storytelling before, 
you know, uh, before uh, before these last twelve months kicked in, right? It used to be like a like an like an Indian movie from the south side where there's a hero, there's a heroine, and you know, there's just two characters that are focused and everything else like is just like come and go type of characters, you know? Nobody cared, mm-hmm. right? And now it's like an anime. Every little character that's, <laughs> that comes in, it has a nice story arc to it. And, yeah. and that is how storytelling should be, you know? And then, and then, and, 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 and that draws a lot of people in because every people play this game for different reasons, right? There's, there's, there's people that relate to Kate, there's people that relate to Zavala. I fucking hate Zavala. Um, <laughs> there's people who relate to Shaxx, there's people who even relate to Hawthorne. Even the Eververse person, whatever that person's name is, right? That's uh, Everest. Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's, 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 it's no, like, the, the, the storytelling has got to a point where every character has some nuance to it that, some, that somebody else relates to. And w- what that happens is every, every sub-community that rocks with that specific character, they start their own threads, you know, wherever threads uh, are created like Twitter, Bungie forums, or Reddit, whatever, and they—they're—they're they're so happy about that character. It—it'll be the dumbest thing ever, but they're—they're they're so happy about it, you know. They're like, "Oh, I—I—you I, can sit on me. I'll sit on you. You know, step on me and step on you. All that cool shit that you see, right?" And then, and and that makes the game feel alive even more. All that we had to talk about before was, you know, Cade was the best character ever. Literally, right? That's all we had. Every other character just fell flat. Now each and every one just has a little something special to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and that's the beauty of what they're doing right now. Every character except us. I do feel like we are a camera of a gun. (laughs) (laughs) So, like... That needs to change in in Witch Queen yeah, a little bit. Like really, really we does. are literally merely just a camera with a gun at this point. Yeah, I mean Halo has the same thing though. Yeah, like that that was the whole purpose of John One One Seven is that you know you as the player character or a lot of games in this vein basically it's it's self insert. It's it's very much you are that thing. And yeah, I, I agree. I, I would much prefer it to be more along the lines of like Commander Shepard is a living, breathing person that exists within the Mass Effect universe, you know, the Inquisitor or your, you know, Dragon Age Origins character, any of that. Um, mm. And and having that expanded would be really nice. Or just, frick, having even, like, your ghost talk to you more. I know that uh, I didn't play very much of D1, but I know that that was one of the things that a lot of my friends called out was that, you know, it, it it's your camera with a gun. And some of that is good, you know, for that self-insert seeing yourself in the character thing. But I, I very much prefer when the character is less of a set piece to the narrative and more of an actual yeah. plot point. Yeah, it brings them to, helps to bring them alive, right? Which is what they've done with a lot of the other characters more recently. Yep. Um, yeah. And there's been... Like, we get excited if our character has a, you know, has a voice line Three in lines, season. Right? Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh my God. Just the tiniest but... of voice lines, we lose our minds. Exactly, mm-hmm. like at the end of Shadowkeep. Like, oh my God, my Guardian's talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beyond light, the first time we uh, saw the first cutscene, immediate, just immediate dialogue. Oh, yeah. This is the way Jarv said it. Oh, my guy's talking. My, my <laughs> man! He's got he a, has voice. a voice! 
This man knows words. <laughs> oh, that's, that's okay. Um, I think the other thing I'm excited about, and, and this is purely self-serving, is that it is extremely hard for me to get uh, a lot of my friends into this game currently because, un- unfortunately, anything that requires voice chat is, historically speaking, not overly friendly to women in the gaming industry. And so when I try to get my friends into playing Destiny, it's like, oh, do I have to, do I have to be on voice? Do I have to talk to people? And it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you want to be effective? Unfortunately. Yeah. So it's, I, I think that, especially with crossplay and the addition of narrative, I think that my, my hope is that it's going to be, A, significantly easier to lure in a lot of my friends or bully my friends into playing it, but B, it it becomes a lot more welcoming when you have that avenue of being able to play with friends on crossplay, not, you know, depending on a friend having a PC to be able to play it. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm very hopeful that that will kind of enable more, uh, more women to play the game in general and be able to participate in the fandom as a whole. Yeah. Tom communication in with crossplay is pretty clunky across multiple platforms. Unless you use Xbox game bar, I don't even know where to begin with PlayStation and things like that, but getting some like is that in-game voice tom's going across um, crossplay for those yeah. people that want Isn't a discord team? supposed to come next yeah playstation's getting yeah, discord yeah. yeah okay so that helps a little bit it's just have you shouldn't ever feel like i mean they've given us an option they said they're working on a rate where voice chat is going to be a thing across yes. the board yeah that, yeah not when you're out in a wild but if you're in a fire team you'll be able to use voice chat which is cool because then that breaks that barrier down. You don't have to rely on on Discord or Game Bar and stuff. And it just becomes a bit more of a seamless part of the experience, right? Um, yeah, is- and the crossplay works really good because I was playing with Cornholio. Uh, he was on PC, I was on PS5, and I had Damn, a couple other ways. And, yeah, and it just it was it was pretty seamless. Like it was really good. The matchmaking was great and everything. Like to last night. No, I said bless your heart, not because of cross-play. Bless your heart because you play with corn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no! Oh, (laughs) no! Also, like, I I wanted to touch on something Rowan said. That was Rowan, right? Yes. I'm sorry, yeah. People don't play that part of, like, why women can't play because of voice channels right i've 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 seen it like i've I've watched some of my closest friends are women right and they're so scared to jump on a voice chat uh but you know they say they're shy but they're not because i you know we talk a lot they're so scared to come into voice channels is because they haven't found the right the right set of environment before right And and i feel like this is my personal opinion right uh, this could be wrong. I feel like the community overall has changed a lot compared to where it was. And, um, and the, the, there's people who actively speak up and let, and, you know, and settle the hooligans, the 14 to 16 year old munchkins, you know, who start all this nonsense. And uh, you should tell your friends that the community is a lot better. And that, you know, that's just, I felt like I needed to point that out. The community has been cleaning house a little bit. It really has. We've been trying to look at the way we interact with each other a little differently. 
We watch how we speak to each other a little differently. We start thinking about each other a little bit more in depth and it's really bright to see. And holding people accountable. Exactly. The ones who I'm doing, you know, shit things and things that we shouldn't uh, tolerate. Um, And yeah, call them out for it. And some people might not like it, but I think generally it's it's a much healthier community. Still got, you know, room to improve. Of course, we're not perfect, but I think we're making lots of strides in the right direction. So, absolutely, yeah. it's definitely going to take a while. It's definitely going to take a while, but with the direction we're going, I think we have a lot of reasons to be hopeful. Even even just from November to now, like I I really I got into it, especially in November, and the assholes that I encountered. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> uh, but it, you know, again, now it's obviously much easier because I'm 800 hours in since November. So I actually understand how to play the game. Yeah. 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 Guys, I'm dead. This more than me. Good lord. (laughs) So, Rowan, let me ask you a question. Because I'm I'm curious. Why do you play Destiny? Uh (laughs) my job and my work is very, very stressful. And uh for the same reason I picked up WoW. Um WoW wants me to do the same thing a bazillion times and it takes absolutely no brain power i can you know zaval wants me to go run strikes cool i can go shoot stuff for three hours and and you know sip a beer while i'm doing it and it's great it's it's very much like a decompression thing it's the same reason i played halo like just playing the campaign over and over it's just like a uh it doesn't require as much brain power and energy um raids on the other hand (laughs) require significantly more and so those are less zen but it's very much a kind of a relaxation thing but also it's i i come from creative and transformative fandom so like writing fan fiction and you know creating fan art and that whole side of things um so a lot of my side of it is is okay cool there's a narrative all of this exists how do i play with that in my sandbox with my friends and so it's a lot of creating things outside of the realm of destiny i suppose and i would say most of the folks destiny fandom itself and like the fandom side in fan fiction is very very small it is significantly smaller than most of the other fandoms i've been in but it's similar to similar to destiny itself right like you find the right community and that makes all the difference and that is what i think lends itself to a lot of the longevity is having those folks who you consistently either play with or you know, scream about the showcase with on Discord. We had like 14 different group chats going uh, with everybody just like screaming about everything that was happening. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that makes Destiny so special for me is the fact that it's probably the most connected game that you will ever play. I feel like that's not always... Um, yeah, I feel like that's not always really apparent initially when you first jump in. Like, for, like I transitioned from Halo into Destiny you know via bungee and then it's the game that pulls you in and then you quickly realize as you become more comfortable with the game and how it works that it's not just the game that's putting you in all the time it's you know it's it's the people that surround that and that you interact with and you create those early friendships and things like that that's yeah that's why we're here right that's why we're sat here tonight talking about the game like at first it was a video game but it's over time you know as as the showcase showed it's a lot more than that for a lot of people and the great thing about that showcase as well is it completely broke the barrier between 
gamer, creator, artist, dev, literally everyone's just a gamer and loves games. And that's literally the, the feels that I got watching that. It was, regardless of the background and what you do, we're all together because of this one thing, and that's Destiny. I'm in that's so well said. We kind of touched on this briefly. On the thought of crossplay, what do you all think so far about the experience of playing with your friends across all platforms? I, I, I think it's great. I'm getting debugged by PC players. Because <laughs> uh, I'm on X, I played PC for three years. I played the controller on PC for three years and had a bit of, you know, mouse and keyboard players tend to have a bit of um, dislike towards people who play controller on PC. Um, but then I recently switched to Xbox, so I've been main in the Series X since like January of this year. So now when I go back and I play with all my PC friends, if I load into a PvP game, like it'll be 6v6 and I'll be the only Xbox guy in there, everyone else will be on PC. And I seem to get like targeted and I'm getting bagged a lot. And I think it's because I'm on Xbox and it's like, oh, it's the console guy. Like, you know, he's mm. you know, crutching on controller and he's, you know, doing all this and that. Um, it doesn't bother me. I find it amusing because I was used to it, you know, playing controller on PC. There's a certain, like, stigma attached to that. Um, so I am used to it. Uh, but, yeah, that's been my experience. I mean, apart from that, it's been great. It's been great to play with my PC friends again because it's been ages since I've been able to play for them, with them. Um, but, yeah, the PvP sides are interesting just because of some of the attitudes players have when it comes to... I know it's very childish, but, like console wars or you know yeah. pc versus there's, xbox and playstation all that there's always been a little bit of elitism coming from pc players when it's it's the same game mm. no okay okay first of all let me get this out of the way i think i think i, I think the reason you get bagged is because you clip too many people so fuck you stop doing that <laughs> right i'm doing yeah, those, even those bots man <laughs> those been actors that you get for your clips yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, that's not, but for real though uh, I think I think your name is very well known within the community at least in the PvP side of it right like a lot of people know you right and uh, I, I think it's it, they get some type, of, uh, some type of a validation after killing you with a super or whatever they think they're cooler than you and they bag you or whatever you know and then and then and, and, and this this whole controller versus MNK debate is so stupid to me. Wait, I, I come agree. from controller, right? I I come from controller. I came from PlayStation Four, and I switched to mouse and keyboard. And now my brain is wired to mouse and keyboard. I try to go back to controller. I am absolute dog meat. Like I cannot do it. My oh. brain knows what I need to do, but my fingers are not doing it. It's difficult. There's a there's an absolute skill ceiling to to mastering the controller again why people hate on it i don't understand at all like i it literally no. blows my mind i don't understand it like if, if people think it's that easy because i see these uh these tweets that come up every now and then which i completely ignore and mute immediately where it be like oh first game on controller shut up that wasn't your first game yeah. on controller because i looked your ass up you you failed like 15 games before that oof no. I mean, to me, just I just think at the end of the day, it, it's destiny. Like it doesn't matter. It's not yeah. as much as people might want it to be. It isn't this hyper competitive like esport game. Like the <laughs> PvP is just 
um, you know, space magic and, and just go crazy and, and that's just is what it is. So what input device you're using, it, it, it doesn't matter. It you know, really it, doesn't. It literally doesn't matter. Like, and if, you get, if you're doing more well on controller, you're doing well on controller. If you do great on MNK, you do great on MNK. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, and and then over it, like, just stop. Like, have you, have you guys been using that Lorenz driver in PvP? Oh my oh god. My oh my god. Oh my god. It's this it's disgusting. Whoa. It's so no. disgusting. No. Have you tried Radiant Stance Machines? Stasis. I haven't got, oh, haven't got them yet. No. <laughs> Frozen. Have you tried have like you, day one stasis? <laughs> have you tried using Lorenz driver with a shade binder? No, 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 I was yeah, on my yeah. No, I like this game too much to play, play like the alpha. No, no, oh, trust me, same here. I literally just saw a clip of that and I was just like, I don't ever want to encounter this person. <laughs> no, see, it's fun, those weapons are hella fun, right? I love playing, I love trolling in PvP. I put on the weirdest weapons and I play with it because I think it's hella fun. Uh, but when I go into comp or <laughs> trials when somebody does it back to me it is so frustrating <laughs> it is so frustrating it hurts me i'm sitting there thinking, it's like, a very oh. cheesy game man like it, you know, it really it really is it's very yeah, mini no, game yeah <laughs> no i love the cheesy part of it i love the cheesy part of it like it's yo tune bro that i i made a whole i made like, i started a whole ass movement in ib with i remember with, that with, with, with yo tune like i love doing stuff like that but when you're when you go into certain game modes and the, those things get done, if it's repeated, <laughs> you make the best play of your life. Like literally, you do this like 1,000 IQ play, and then a toaster hits you in the face. Oh, dude! <laughs> There's so many things that happen that get clipped that you think like that would never happen in any other game. Yeah, just yeah. destiny. It just happened and right like, there. You know, mm -hmm. and then I think that one of the I watched the video recently. I think it was a cool guy video, and he highlighted the synergy between Bottom Tree Dawn and Jotun, and how Jotun yeah, yeah. procs off the of the of the intrinsic perk on that subclass tree. So essentially, now Jotun basically has chain reaction, and it's like it's actually stupidly fun as well. Yeah, I mean, before it was Bottom Tree Solar Sunbreaker, no. And I didn't yeah, get yeah. the chain reaction. Uh, yeah. Other than that, everything else procced. It was yeah. crazy. Everything else procced. And then the neutral game with bottom tree sunbreakers is already top tier, you know? And then <laughs> it's just such a <laughs> mean thing to do. It's fun. It's fun. I, I love doing things like that. Things like that, you know? And it, it, it's just that... Uh, how do I say it? You love... Like, I, I, I'm sure everybody loves doing these things. Like doing all this like corny stuff and cheesy stuff, right? Everybody oh, yeah. loves it. They won't admit it. They won't admit it because you know it makes them look less cool, quote unquote, right? But 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 when it gets done back to them, they just over amplify it so much and make it look like it's the end of the world. The game is like deteriorating and you know the game modes are gonna die. I'm like, shut up. Like, Jesus, let people have fun. Like, it's cool. Like, I get irritated too. Like, you know. We're supposed to get irritated. Like competitive players in general, no, it triggers them. Yeah. It, it just yeah. triggers them out of nowhere. It just triggers them. Like, it, and you know, I can admit it because it, it triggers me. And you know, I want to put that gun on and do the same thing back to them. But for some reason, it doesn't work in competitive game mode. But it's somehow works for everybody else. And <laughs> it, it's just, it's just annoying. I, I, I played with when Stasis thing. Uh, Stasis was a thing, no. 
I put on Stasis. Uh, I was playing with Nathan Sane and uh, Charisma, right? Yeah. One game, I played with the, the st- Shattered, like, the whole setup, the Shattered type thingy, whatever setup, right? One game, because they asked me to do it. I took it off straight away. It, it, you... <laughs> is, Come on, uh, use your words, Alan. Yeah, it's, 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 just, it's just not the same. I feel like those things take away from what trials used to be. And I feel like it's it's it. It's a me thing. I feel like my nostalgia of th- trials is like just stopping me from enjoying these things in competitive modes. You know, quote unquote competitive modes, because Destiny is never really competitive. You can play at a competitive uh pace. Uh you can play competitively, but it's never truly competitive, you know? It it just I yeah. don't think it, it will ever be either. Oh, Alan, I guess you never did the final round effort eats in uh, D1. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. God. Speaking of that, the, the one thing I missed the most is, is, is real crafty's final round police. Oh, I no, missed that. So fun, uh, yeah. Man. Okay, I was a baby, right? Like, I grew up watching, I grew up as a guardian watching crafty play, right? This man had this blink arc trader, right? He oh will my go god, into I missed... a, Yeah, you'll go, you'll go into a 4x4 four four room, so you know, a 4x4 four four small room with a freaking sniper with only three bullets and there's three people there. He kills all three and he, he comes out. That's the type of trials that I'm used to seeing, watching, learning, and playing, you know? Yeah. It's so fixed. It's, it's like etched into my brain and... and <laughs> it's, yeah. it's watching, watching, just watching him doing double trials carries every weekend was yeah. a, was entertaining, fun, and fun, uh, yeah. you know an absolute display of insane skill. But like in oh, Destiny yeah. Two, like it wasn't anywhere near as possible. I mean, Trials of the Nine wasn't anywhere the same anyway to begin with. That made it more difficult having the objective there. But like even now, it would. You don't see people doing double carries in in Destiny Two on trials. Not like, possible. It's not even possible to do single carries anymore. So yeah, it's rough. It's very rough. I'm I'm curious. How will Savathun play a role in the narrative that we will be playing this coming season and with the next major expansion of the Witch Queen? Well, I mean, wow, that's a big question. Huh? Well, you know what? Yeah. And, like <laughs> Joe Blackburn did an interview with uh, Twitch Gaming today. And he said something interesting on there. You know how they like one and done a lot of the boss enemies, like you know, like uh, what's I don't know, who are so- Gaul, <laughs> to name a few. Um, they they're gonna take this boss because there are she's already in this season. Like you know, Savathun is already like here, like in the Dreaming City, and we're communicating with her. So we're kind of like getting to know her, and and things like that. So when next season comes you know she she's already lived past one season so it's already a break from what bungie normally does and you know killing a boss off in like the same like you know expansion or season or something like that so it's it's basically it's narratively more dynamic in a way i feel like that makes sense yeah you know like we're we're going to be we're we're just interacting with her this season and next season we're obviously 
I was going to say, like, there's been a lot put out there about what's going to take place. But ultimately, whatever happens this season, it's just going to leave us on a bit of a cliffhanger going into Witch Queen, and it's going to set us up for it. Exactly, so, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's getting to know our enemy. This is basically it, right? Get to know right. your enemy. Yeah, know your enemy. Keeps your friends yeah. close and your enemies closer. She's practically right there. We can go see her anytime we like. <laughs> Why does it always feel like Ikora is the only one that knows better? Sorry, Cora smart, that's why. Yeah, and she it's, gave it's all the hidden hidden records to Savathun essentially, right? So Yeah. Like 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 it's 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 like she's the character that always knows better, but somehow gets involved and then she starts playing the oh I know better character again. Like Yeah. <laughs> so you don't really know like like what what what, what information from you that I can take Ikora that, that will actually be plausible, you know? Yeah. And on the subject of Ikora, like I think we just need to appreciate the uh the new voice actress for for her. I feel yeah. like yeah. It's a, yeah. It's been a very smooth transition and has been it's really very clean. refreshing to have such a strong character yeah, come back to life. Very similar like vo- vocal styles, like it, pretty mm. pretty similar in a lot of ways. I just wish Bungie would have been just like up front and just been like, yeah, this is the new voice actress for Ikora and like put her in a bit of a spotlight a little bit. Cause like I would have been cool. It wasn't until the season kicked off and we're like, yo, is that voice different? Just a little like, bit. Yeah. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. And you know, it came out a little bit later on Twitter and it's just like, well, maybe just put I think I feel like she deserves it because she's doing a fantastic job. So it's like Yeah. I mean would have been maybe, nice. maybe we should we should we should you know just to let the community managers know. Also on, since we're talking about Ikora I also want to appreciate Ikora for not being a bitch like Zavala, you know? Oh my. <laughs> you hate. Why do you hate Zavala so much? Yeah, bro, they killed my boy, Kaden. Okay, okay, so. All right, so, so personally. So, personally, for me, I come from a military background. I myself served. So, I feel Same. already that sort of connection from, to Zavala. And all I see is this man, he doesn't have all the answers. He is trying his best and he does fail, but he's trying to do so with dignity and trying to stay connected to everyone. Doesn't always succeed, but I also don't think he deserves the hate that he gets. Nah, nah, listen, listen, bro. Listen, bro. He dated instead of bubble. I don't want to hear nothing. Bro, shut up. I want to hear nothing. (laughs) Well, you trying to do that bubble over shield in PvP too? I I don't care. He dated instead of bubble. He's the only thing in the Destiny history that dated instead of bubble in terms of, you know, character arcs developing, you know? Good you lord. Know? I want to hear. I want to hear nothing. He lost my respect the moment he, he didn't avenge Kate. Nah, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Ikora did more. At least he wanted to do more. No. That was really interesting, though, that, that you have... I don't know. I feel like it was a really cool way to kind of set the stage for the fracturing that we see Lakshmi and, I mean, Savathun technically take advantage of. And I feel yeah. like that's kind of a nice callback to the fact that they were so divided over how to handle the death of Cade. Um, still, fuck him. <laughs> like for me, I see it as a term of uh, a way of politics. Zavala, again, that he's the commander, so not only does he have to worry about the military side, he has to worry about the political yep. side. He's yep. thinking about future relationships. He's thinking of a way this can be resolved outside of straight violence, because you know, 
going back and looking at some of the lore, Zavala and Cade had that kind of brought like silent brotherly relationship, right? He wants what's best, but he's also thinking about everyone else in the tower, including not only the guardians, the the staff, everyone, the vanguard. He's also thinking about yeah, the he's people the commander, in the city. So he has to, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give you another way to think about it, right? <clears throat> okay. First of all, uh, he was thinking about himself because the last time he got into an actual battle, he got bodied, like he just got murked. Okay, he did. He, he it was over for him. That he knew he couldn't fight anymore, right? And the the second thing is, if your friend, bro, legit, if your friend, quote unquote, brother, like you put it, was murdered by somebody, right? You, what's your first reaction? Revenge. It's a tough one, though, right? Because like rage, hatred. Because Zavala's like the commander in chief, but he's also right. He's fighting a. He's trying to prevent a second collapse and fight a war that's already been foreseen by other people. So it's like the ending. The end is already decided. Like we seemingly can't really change that. Things just obviously the, the Lakshmi thing. She didn't see that she was going to be the. Uh, I guess the uh, victim of. Uh, the fracture last season and stuff like that. She didn't foresee that, but the, what's happening right now, I feel like Osiris and even Lakshmi to a point knew this stuff was happening. And he's in this sort of position where people know what's going to happen and there's very little that he can even really do about it. So there's, a, there's an element of that to it, I guess, as well. Yeah, see, uh, on a, on a, on a, on a, even Ikora is similar, you know? Even Ikora, Ikora is similar. See, the, the, after we did what we did and, you know, bodied the person that bodied the uh, Kate, right? That's when Zavala is like, oh, you did something that I didn't have the courage to do or whatever. You know, that's the line he says, right? I was like, bro, re really? Don't be saying all this stuff to me. No. Don't. <laughs> like, you know. Ikora can say that stuff to me because she at least wanted in. She wanted in on the fight and she wanted to avenge her friend. And even in the Cade lanes, you know, when we did that mission and collected all those thingies, those voiceovers, right? Voice lanes. For for Zavala, he said, if I if I died, it, it was probably you. <laughs> and then uh, I was probably killed by you and, and you did it with... Uh, you know, within, in the name of the tower and the last city and whatnot. But that's not what he said for Ikora. You know, it was different. So I don't buy into the whole... I don't know, bro. I don't, I don't know. There's something about Zavala that really doesn't speak to me. He's annoying. He's annoying. He's like, everything about him has just turned completely annoying for me. I can't see past the fact that he let his friend... Uh, that he didn't avenge his friend everything else because he hasn't done anything astronomical he just hasn't done anything at all to contribute what 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 has he done to contribute you do bring a valid point right there he hasn't done anything anytime it's either been like saint osiris uh even amanda holiday uh each of these characters have pushed us even even drifter has pushed us towards some major event and has contributed in some major way. Zavala is just the guy that sits there and goes, welcome back, Guardian. 
He's pretty emotionless. Yeah. He's stoic. You know. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, Sane, yeah. but Sane pulled up uh, on Osiris, knowing uh, you know, knowing that Osiris wasn't the real Osiris anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like Sane pulled up. He was like, "Yo, come here. We'll show you mercy." But come here, bro. You know. <laughs> but <laughs> he wasn't even there. What is he doing? Join in next week where King Alan returns to actually finish his sentence. <laughs> <laughs> On this epic cliffhanger of The Destiny Show. See you next week, guys. <laughs> oh, man. So Love while it. we try to get... Going back to Savathun now, because that was the original question. It Savathun. She, she silenced him. She silenced his screams. <laughs> so, so Alan was about to drop some truth. It was. Uh, what do you think, Benji? No, I'm just going to say, we were talking about the um, Ikora uh, voice actor. Some appreciation for the Sabathun voice actor, because we oh, also yeah, got to hear God. her speak for the first time, and I think he's pretty much like absolutely bang on. I didn't really go in thinking, oh, I expected to sound like this, but if I had an expectation, I think it was, it was definitely met. Like, I think they absolutely nailed it with the, the choice of voice actor. Did y'all sure. hear uh, the Japanese voice actor for it? Yeah, and the Korean. No, one. Oh, so no. Good. <laughs> oh, so apparently Alan's uh, Alan's electricity went out. Oh no! Okay, oh, just about no. turned off my electricity. <laughs> 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 that guy. <laughs> oh, Sabathun. <laughs> one thing I am grateful for with Sabathun's voice voice actress is they ha- well not so much the actress but they have decided not to put some effect on her voice as much because i feel like with aramis like at first it was like oh she sounds really cool yeah it's more and as the campaign went yeah. on it was like oh she's getting really annoying and um, about the throne world being a destination is that normally when they do like a planet or a moon they lean into some of like the science and and to get an idea of color palettes and um you know aesthetic like europa for example you know the, the icy moon and stuff like that but a throne world it can be whatever Bungie want it to be, right? Right. No one's yeah. ever doesn't add. It's, you know, it's going sci-fi fantasy to the max. You know, they say like, what's it going to be like? Jumping down Doom. the depths of hell it, it and stuff looked, like that. They mentioned Doom, and it looked had kind of a Doom appeal in some parts of it. Definitely like, with like the glaive coming in, it adds that element in as well. Yeah. Yeah. The chains are off, and it can be whatever, and they can go wild with it if they want to. It's a fresh, clean slate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do with the narrative going into the Witch Queen and how Savathun will impact what we do and who we fight. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm I'm curious, we also learned during this reveal that endgame content will greatly change going into future seasons and the Witch Queen where now we will have either a dungeon or a new raid every three months. That's a pretty big commitment. What do you all think about that? And how will this impact the future of Destiny for endgame players? What did they say? There was going to be two dungeons if you purchase, like, the Witch Queen Deluxe Edition, right? I think. Two yeah, extra- two I dungeons in year three. five. Yeah. Three if you include the one from the 30th anniversary, which is technically right. this year. Yeah. yeah. Four, so yeah, three within the next where eighteen months, I guess. And then a, a D one raid, uh, Brabrak, and then obviously the raid with the Witch Queen. Those are yeah, things yes. we know we're getting. So, 
they did mention that every three months it's going to be something new or returning. So I think I, I think it's more of a wait and see. That can be very, very hopeful. But at the same time, Bungie has tried to return stuff. Like we talked about the Omnigal strike. It's not the same as it was back in D1. It doesn't have that same magic. So I think it's just going to be a wait and see moment to see what they can do with this. Yeah. Uh, and it's about not just bringing things back just for the sake of it. Because like you say, like Omnigal and the Disgraced aren't the same. Devil's Lair sort of still works, uh, but then you had things like Fallen Saber, which feels completely disjointed because... It really does. It's old text lines. It has no real story relevance at this point. Um, and it's it's a little bit like a bit of a, a lone child. and A little bit... Um, yeah, they put it in because they said they would, but it feels like it. they could get away with it not even really being there, really. Um, yeah. So as long, and the thing with the legacy stuff... It tends to they tend to bring that back for it to be nostalgic, right? So it'd be interested to see what they choose to bring back next. One thing, one way that I think they could bring that back is uh, I've seen this in some games. Um, they have a thing where it's almost like a simulation. You go back and relive these memories. So they mm. could do that rather than trying to just throw it out in the water and say, here, try and swim have it its own purpose a way to remember where you came from and focus on where you're going to be going that could be their line in the game but just have its own little section uh, since you guys were talking about Sabathun did y'all read what I commented there? Sabathun's going to murk Ikora yeah and Zavala's going to be like old tower my tower good lord yeah. <laughs> you need to finish your story when you got cut off what was going to happen to Zavala or what were you going to do to Zavala I need to yeah. I want a mission where, you know, we face off against Zavala and I just want to freaking put his face through a wall and teabag him. Sabathun <laughs> <laughs> yeah. infects, like, Sabathun infects Zavala. Zavala turns around, looks at Alan, and be like, you ain't shit. No, I'll be waiting. Yo, Sabathun, please infect this guy. Please do it. Please do it. He's we like, I mission. am begging. Yeah, please infest this guy. up. <laughs> and I, at that point I'll be like oh, I have to do this Zavala you know old tower might tower no bro I gotta ask how do you all think weapon customization will take place in Destiny 2 and how will it change the game for you as a Destiny fan I want to hear what everyone else's thoughts for, are first before I go I had a few questions about weapon crafting like, and the glaive's really cool obviously I'd be interested to see how that plays out and then they talked about that it's not just the glaive that you craft, but it's also the Witch Queen uh, raid and seasonal weapons that you can craft. And then over time, you can craft uh, fan favorites and other returning weapons. So my question really that I had was, why would you want to craft a weapon if you've already had a god roll of it? You probably wouldn't. But I didn't know if, like, cra would crafting weapons have an added benefit or anything different about them? Or would they just be straight up, like... Oh, it's if it's if it dropped in the world and uh, things like that. So, because I feel like if some weapons, I'd say like, I know if they are still sunset, and it's like, oh, you can actually craft it now. Is is that their way of like trying to bring back some weapons and and have it have a meaningful purpose rather than going, oh, we just dumped it in a loot pool and you can get your chance to get it if you want. It's maybe giving them a way to have a targeted approach to re-adding stuff. 
if it comes to adding older weapons into the game without just dumping it in a loot pool somewhere. I mean, okay, so this is this is what I want them to do with the whole uh, weapon crafting thing, right? I want them to take away all our weapons. That no, would be cool. interesting. You know they're not going to do that, bro. I, I, <laughs> I know. I, I know. I want them to take away all our weapons in a sense, like the current version of these weapons, right? So you're asking for sunsetting to come back and just sunset yeah. everything. Do you want to piss off the entire community? Like, <laughs> that's how you do it. Do you want to, so you're basically saying you want Destiny 3 where they have to start from scratch again. What about all my kill trackers and stuff? Do I lose all them? Like, I want the kill tracker on Hawkmoon, all those one yeah. shots on. Bro, I can't lose that. I'd cry. I'd have no meaning, no reason to play anymore. One thing that I would like to see with weapon crafting is obviously you have these oh, little bounties to go for uh, the specific perks that you want. Like if you want to get tack mag on this, you can get that. If you want to get rapid hit and rampage to get together, you can bind, you know, grind those bounties out. But I would like to there to be some sort of RNG still to it, some kind of mystery you finally throw all these elements together, you craft this weapon, but you don't know if they've meshed well enough to actually form. And so you have that mystery, kind of like we had in D1, where you had to level up the perks in order to get them. But with weapon crafting, you don't know what the perks are, because there's that element that that perk did not stick. So it gives you that ability to, oh, you want to go straight for this god roll? Good luck getting it to work this way. Yeah, I was going to say, because if you you have to be careful, because you can't give people, you can't suddenly say to people, right, you can craft, you can you take this weapon and you can craft it to have basically whatever you want, because obviously then you're just handing out god rolls. Like exactly. everyone's just going to cra- craft a god roll, which then, you know, eliminates a big aspect of the game. So yeah. I think that'd be a good, a good happy medium where it's like, you you craft it, and maybe it's like, there's like, I guess a selection of perks um and then it's like you can kind of you get what you get um, yeah what what if we have it like we did it's you have a for like one bounty you could have either outlaw or rapid hit or any other perk that is in that reload improving slot right you could have one of those and it's your chance to get one of those you, you know yeah. they did mention something else too right it doesn't matter if you get that weapon with whatever perks you want to get uh, get on it. The weapon gets stronger the more hours you put into that specific weapon. Yeah. Right? So, like, I think that, that will play a huge part in weapon crafting altogether. But I don't know. I like this whole MMO approach that they have to it. I feel like it'll give a reason for more people um, like to put more hours in. And also, it'll reward people who like flexing these number of kills and stuff, you know? They, you know people get this insane amount of kills on a single weapon because, you know, they don't know other weapons exist. Uh, no. Yeah, no, that yeah. makes total sense. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be really exciting because it will add a very unique element to our gameplay and how we interact with our weapons that we've never had before. And I think it's going to give these weapons more meaning. And for the weapons that are your favorite, you'll have more of a reason to continue using those weapons by unlocking more and more abilities. So I think that's a very unique way to extend your gameplay as well. 
Yeah. Benji is gonna use it on Hawkwind. Good lord. Okay, I have like one million kills on it. I don't even know what what I would do, like what I would change about Hawkman though, like right now, like in its current like to me right now, like it's it's at its pinnacle. Like I wouldn't and I wouldn't feel like I need to add or change anything to it in its current state. I'd be more interested in in newer weapons, you know, like future raid weapons, future seasonal weapons, things with that I've not used before with maybe like completely new perks because they seem to be smashing new perks, by the way, every single season. Yeah. All the oh, new yeah. perks, like some of the ones this season, like um, Headstone. On, on Headstone, Encore, like crazy good perks. Um, so I'd be more interested in Oh, yeah. One of the things that they don't do. One thing they so one thing they do do that they don't do in another area. So like armor always drops with random stats. So if a weapon archetype has a set of base stats, why can't other stats on the weapon be entirely random and those be things that you would then re-roll or craft Ooh. for? So if you wanted like a a high impact auto rifle, but it's got terrible stability, and it's like, well, why do I have to get a perk on a weapon to improve stability? If I can re-roll it to get a better stability stat instead, things like that, so without it having to be a masterwork, you know, it's yeah having that little approach gives weapons a sense of uniqueness to you because you can adjust it to how you want to play, but it doesn't break the weapon. The weapon is still the same archetype; it's still the rate of fire, but it might perform differently and better cater to you as a player. And then you can then let the perks shine on the weapon instead of trying yeah, to make up for poor stats. And lastly, what are you all most excited for with the future of Destiny and what we saw during the reveal on Tuesday? End game and grindability. Just knowing that Final I shake. don't have to farm I don't have to farm the same like one or two activities over and over. I have a little more variety. People. For me, that's all. I don't care about the activities. As long as I have people to play with, I'm going to be happy. And I'm going to get a lot of people to play with, you know? Yeah. Love that. What about you, Rowan? Uh, I think it's the narrative. It's just, again, it's, it's that have it, having the story in, a, in an easier-to-consume fashion. Like, for context, when I, when I joined it in November... Uh, Red War and a bunch of other like historical contexts just didn't exist and a lot of the strikes and stuff depend on you either not caring or having read a bunch of content or watched a video or watched you know any kind of explainer or any of that and so for me for me this is very self-serving but having an idea of what's going on in the story when I'm playing and, and having that content like call back to a lot of the things that that I am now familiar with um, is really super cool for me just because I, I didn't have that and having that historical context, I think it's going to make it really cool for me. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. One of your Bungie assistant. Bungie. Benji. Fuck. Bungie. Bungie. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I, I, I will admit I 
I am getting into the story a bit more as the, the storytelling is getting better, but I'm still very, very, very PvP heavy. Um, I, you know, I don't touch PvE very often, so I guess for me, um, a lot of the trials changes, which I know is is is, is very recent um, and will be with us soon, but all seems super, super promising. Um, I think they've, well, I feel like they've nailed the new reward structure. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more rewarding. And I think the combination of the rewards plus the anti-cheat, um, recalls being banned, and obviously crossplay is going to lead to a significantly healthier trials population, which is going to be like the polar opposite to what we've had recently, which has been where the only people playing, you know, on PC was literally just cheaters and recalls, and that was literally it. Um, on console, it was just recalls. Um, so I think Trials is going to be in a, well, I'm hoping it'll be in a much healthier state, and I think the Trials Labs is a is a great addition as well to test out, um, you know, test out a new objective-based mode, and freelance Trials I think is very interesting as well. Uh, matchmaking for Trials as well coming um, means a lot That's more people. Huge. So. That's yeah, huge. huge. Just, yeah, you yeah. don't even have to wait for a fire team or anything. You can just go yeah, in and yeah. and play yeah, so and think, get rewarded if you win, or even if you, you're just playing. And everything too and i think that's a yeah. great change yeah for, for me the best news about trials was the the rico thingy it was the funniest shit ever yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm like I, I, as soon as i read it i'm like yo so many people bags bro <laughs> all the bags the is, that's the always been that's always been a rule in the code of conduct they just haven't enforced it and now that they have battle yeah, yeah. Line, they have a way to it like um, detect it and enforce it and ban people accordingly. And I do sympathize with people who who were using it, who maybe were using it, you know, because they were struggling financially. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I want people to be screwed over, but at the same time, for the health of the game, it had to be, it had to be done at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So. There, was a, there was a thread um, like a while ago on Twitter about the whole Rico situation, right? And uh, obviously, I, I don't like messing with people's bags in general, right? And uh, that, that whole narrative around the thread was like, oh, pe people do recubs, uh, you know, it, uh, something, something was, that, that triggered me in the tweet that actually, like, I don't really get into these threads, but that, that thread kind of like got to me a little. It was like belittling and talking down to the people who actually do recubs. Mm. It, it was like they can't get a real job and that's why they do this and whatnot. But you don't know. COVID's like, it fucks yeah. so many people up. Like, this is if this is how they get their bags, they get their bags, you know? And exactly. You never know the reason behind why people. Yeah. Are doing when it, the reason it got me really fucking hard, like when, 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 I, when I read the whole Rico thingy, I started laughing because people got really comfortable the last two, yeah. three months about the recovs and they were like just blatantly tweeting it and like yo dm me this dm me that and i'm, and I'm like yo bruh don't recovs like just fuck, keep your business like outside of social spaces you know like, yeah i know what you mean people don't care it became public like, like you see I see tweets about it all the time. Like as soon as trials went live, there'd be a tweet saying, you know, DM me for recalls for X amount of money. Because yeah, it just I, got I the reason uh, I feel it's bad is because it, it ruins the reputation of creators in general. That's why I didn't like it. 
seeing the ads oh. show up on YouTube too, like when you're like watching yeah. watching a video or something, and then all of a sudden an ad will pop up and it'll be like recov for like raids or trials or something like that. Like what? Be checking fuck? my email and next thing I know, right there is like one of free vault of glass. Oh, I actually I actually I actually got a mail from one of those people like Are you serious? One of those plates asking like if I was if I wanted to take the you know the that whatever that they came with you'll be surprised as like creators how many emails you get asking you to try and like promote like boosting services or silver buying services and i don't know man just don't something about me just says like don't shit where you eat and that's just not a good thing like yeah just yeah you know and 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 the the and i everything that they're doing is more focused on um, the vast majority of the audience that play the game and not the minority. Believe it or not, we're the minority. The ones on Twitter, we're the minority, right? And and the top, the top echelon of players, we're, we're the absolute minority, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, like literally, like we're, we're nobodies compared to the, ga- to the amount of players that play the game, right? And all the changes that they're bringing, it's addressing those people. And that yeah. is very important, and it's 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 gonna improve the game overall. It's gonna improve the mindset of the community overall, and it's it's gonna reassure a lot of new players that come in as well. You know, making them think that the game is not just focused towards uh, a certain a sub community. You know, and 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 I feel like that mindset needs to translate to the operational enough players as well because we're so entitled, bro. We're we're hella entitled. We think like I think we're in, in a bubble. We're in our own yeah, yeah, bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in our own bubble, and we we want everything that hurts us, us, and us alone to be addressed, and not think about the the bigger picture. And 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 I I don't I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I would say though, I feel like the um, which makes me quite fairly optimistic, I guess, for the future of PvP is I think a lot of these sandbox changes recently. Obviously, we've had some very, very uh, meaty twabs the last like two to three weeks. Um, yeah. Another one today, and I think generally overall PvP and PVE, like they got a lot of it, like not perfect, but they got a lot of it spot on. Um, yeah, and like, what do you think about I've, I've, DMM? Uh, okay, okay, they didn't get everything spawn, but you know, for the most part, uh, no. I mean, my thoughts with that is it, it was we'll have to wait and see because they worded it a bit weirdly, and it, it depends like how strong it is and how it's actually how it's yeah. implemented in game. So I'm gonna it's just too see many what variables, that's like. it's exactly. Many variables. Yeah, yeah, it's too many variables. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and you already see people fucking complaining about it. So I understand your frustration because you know, like I'm in India, bro. We don't have fucking servers like y'all do. You know, I already experienced yeah. this bullshit. If SBMM comes up, the the only plausible, you know, uh, reason that I would see that would ruin everybody's experience is if skill based also be, uh hurts your connection. Yes, that's the only yeah. plausible issue that I can see, right? Like, and and um, bear in mind, 
that they mention little things here and there where, you know, the card reset, resets every week, as in, you know, yeah, your yeah, player yeah. resets every week. All that is cool. But there's way too many variables apart from that that's in play yeah. that people are not taking into consideration, you know, before spouting their nonsense everywhere yeah. and ruining it for everybody. It's like, understand, like, we, we all want the competitive mode that is trials to thrive right and for that yeah. to happen we need player base it's the same people that complain about there's only 800 players playing lol you know it's the same freaking people that complain about sbm being a thing because they they don't want to play the same players over and over again but when there's a lot of players you're not gonna play the same players over and over again we're just not going to like it's not gonna happen. Maybe you'll match them every now and again, and you're gonna match sweaty players over and over again. Maybe, right? Maybe, like the coordinated players are. It's it's the chance of you meeting them is. I I don't know, bro. It's just way too many, way too many yeah. variables there. Like, I mean. Mercules did a thread on Twitter and he tried to elaborate a bit more and he was basically saying the intention is to try and um, so each week um, for those first three games or wins on a card for the sort of weaker players to you know immediately be running into those players who are like really good and are, are going to be pushing for flawless um, you know after those three wins it should you know, start to even out a bit more, and I think a lot of the concern was more that you'd you'd have the very good players would play seven games of playing other very good players and have extremely tough games, and your weaker players might have seven games of playing other weak players, um, but get the same rewards at the end of it, which I think a lot of people felt was unfair to a certain extent. But I think, like you said, there's so many variables that we can't. We're just going to have yeah. to play it and try it out and test oh, yeah. it because it's, it's too much up in the air right now to say this is going to be really bad or this is going to be really good because there's I so many different factors. I hate giving my thoughts on something that I haven't experienced yet. And, and, yeah. and I hate seeing that being like, there's like a million things to be happy about, right? Yeah, because everything else, like in that, in that trials update specifically, was actually like spot on. Like I don't think they could have nailed like the the changes to the rewards. I don't think they could have got that any more perfect. Because suddenly now, if you're not if, even if you're not winning games, you're still getting rewarded constantly. I mean, you only have to win rounds now, not even matches to get loot, and that's huge. Because like for the for the average player, the the previously there was no incentive, no incentive at all to play trials because you're not getting anything from it. But now with these changes, that's completely spun on its head. And so that was absolutely, like, you know, they couldn't have done that any better, and it was kind of overshadowed a bit by the kind of the backlash towards the, the skill-based matchmaking, which I think is a little unfair considering how good everything else was. And I think people need to just, yeah, just wait it out and, and see, see what happens. Um, but back to the original question, like, I think PvP, like, coming from a PvP point of view, I am I am excited for the future in terms of um I know there's this whole um the the we're listening meme, but I think they're showing that they actually are listening. Um not just with the sandbox updates, but with like um, you know, game modes coming back and new maps and that kind of thing and 
new weapons coming back. Like, I think they are actually listening and they do genuinely care about the PvP and that makes me excited for the future because I can see that it's going in a good direction and I think that's only only a good thing for anyone who enjoys the PvP aspect of Destiny. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. And uh, what a what a great conversation about the future of Destiny 2. And along with the future, we also have the current of Destiny 2. We have a brand new update from our awesome community managers with This Week at Bungie. Jarv has to head out because it is really, really late where he's at. So Jarv, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, yeah, all of the best to you. And Jarv, where can our listeners learn more about you and what you do? Uh, you can find me pretty much Jarvinus anywhere, J-A-R-V-E-N-I-S. Or if you just put Jarv Destiny 2 into YouTube, you'll find me. Uh, YouTube's my main home. Um, I do flirt around on Twitter and dabble around in the old Twitch chat here and there throughout the course of the day whilst I'm working. But yeah, if you hit, hit up those channels, then that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Well, Jarv, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And we hope you have an awesome, awesome week and best of luck to you. So Guardians, we have another awesome thing to talk about here. We have the Bungie Weekly Update. And Shadow Price, do you want to kick things off? What did we learn with this week's Bungie Weekly Update from Bungie? Well, in case you missed it, uh, there's a few things that happened this week. Uh, Bungie goes on to say that the Witch Queen was announced, uh, showing off enemies that can, showing off, they, even our enemies can bend light to their will. Uh, Season of Lost is live, and a tale of two queens has begun. And they've also announced the 30th anniversary, inter- including the return of Gallahorn, a new six-player activity, and much more. And they go on to say that they've also announced a partnership with Battle Eye for the anti-cheat, as you guys have all known when you boot up your game and you can see that you have to accept those, uh, those, that, that user license agreement for it. But I'm sure that's a very welcome sight to a lot of people. Absolutely. Say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something everybody's been asking for, for a while now. Yeah. Uh, uh, they say that, um, they've begun their soft launch of the new security improvements to destiny two with the battle I anti-cheat. And that as they collect data, strengthen their dedications, they appreciate all players who continue to report potential cheaters to their contact form listed in the TWAB. And they've also announced updates to, they've also announced updates to the security policies, touching on things like win trading and account recoveries in competitive environments, which can also be found here in the TWAB at this link. And they've also announced upcoming improvements to trials of Osiris, which we touched on earlier, starting with rewards, matchmaking, and labs. Trials will be on a short hiatus until September 10th, so read up if you haven't gotten the chance. Um, so basically, does anybody have any thoughts before we dive into the next topic here? I'm just really glad to see that there's a greater effort being put to combat spam and cheaters in the crucible because ultimately i think that was the one big thing that was really holding the crucible back besides new maps of course but i think this is a really big step with them building a better anti-cheat system in the game and i think it's ultimately going to help to make a better destiny that allows for everybody to have fun yeah it got to a point um on pc where 
there was almost like this weird, not weird, but there was this like distrust, distrust, yeah, between PvP players in the community of you just didn't know if somebody was like a legitimately good player or if there was something, if they were, you know, using the something. Shenanigans were taking place. Yeah. Exactly, shenanigans, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, there's the blatant people who just don't care. Um, but most of the time, they would get banned pretty quickly. The, the bigger problem was the, 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 the closet cheaters who would try and hide it or manipulate it in a way where it didn't look like they were doing it or sometimes turn it on and sometimes turn it off and that sort of thing. And it, it, it literally got to a point where you didn't know if the person you were playing, even on console, um, using like third-party input devices, was legitimately just a good player. And I think it was super, super unhealthy for the PvP side of the game because um obviously when you when you lose to somebody or you get outplayed by somebody you want to know that that person is legit and you can hold your hands up and say yeah fair play i got outplayed um questioning that and being like you know thinking they're a bit suspicious then leads to you know a lot of accusations you know there's been a lot over the past probably 12 months of accusations getting thrown around between different players and trying to provide evidence and a lot of drama spewing from that and it's just not good not good for the health of the game not good for the health of the community so having an anti-cheat um or an improved anti-cheat is the a massive massive stride that was was definitely needed i agree yeah 100 um Continue on, so they say that during the Destiny 2 showcase, we spoke of reworks coming to all Light Blaze subclasses in Destiny 2, and they showed a glimpse of gameplay. We thought it would be nice to talk through what that rework really means. But first, here's a quick update from the Bungie Foundation initiatives. Uh, so the Bungie Foundation update, Team Rubicon and Direct Relief. Uh, last week, they announced multiple charity initiatives with goals of helping those in need around the world. This community has proven time and time again that gaming does good and that we're all guardians of the world. Uh, here's the words from Bungie Foundation. Today, Team Rubicon and Direct Relief have teams on the ground across the world and are actively providing life-saving medical care, critical medical and PPE supplies, food, water, and shelter to hundreds of thousands of people in need uh, following the recent natural disasters, including the Haiti earthquake, West Coast and Mediterranean wildfires, and Tennessee and Germany floods. They have not let up on their mission to vaccinate vulnerable populations against COVID-19. Thank you to each of you who have pre-ordered Guardians of the Hope T Guardians for Hope t-shirt, made a direct donation or purchased from the Bungie Foundation collection on the Bungie store. We know that this has been an incredibly challenging and overwhelming year for everyone, and your continued generosity is truly humbling. Over the past week, you've helped us raise nearly 125,000 in direct donations and have pre-ordered a lot of t-shirts. So let's keep train rolling between now and next Wednesday, September 1st, 11, at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. You can reach us. You can help Bungie reach our goal of 500000 to help Team Rubicon and Direct Relief bring the life-saving care that millions around the world need today. And they say that as a reminder, here are sweet wares you can receive through your support. So if you donate $25 and receive the Anchor Point emblem, it'll be distributed via email on Thursday, September 9th pre-order the Guardians of Hope t-shirt and receive the Vital Elixir emblem distributed via email on Thursday, September 9th. And if you make a purchase from the Bungie Foundation on the Bungie store and receive the Planet of Peace emblem delivered instantly via email after purchase is complete. Here's some reminders. To be eligible for the in-game items listed above, 
donations and or purchases must be made between August 19th and September 1st, uh, Pacific, uh, 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Unique redemption codes will be emailed to you on Thursday, September 9th, following the completion of the fundraiser. Only one redemption code per item per email for qualifying donations or purchases. And thank you for being life guardians to so many who need you. Your support truly does save lives. It's funny, they're doing uh, September 9th. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty dynamic day right there. We all know what September 9th is, right? That's, that's an important day. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that the day when Destiny first came out back in exactly. 2014? 2014, yeah. The OG. The day that would live in infamy, for sure. <laughs> September 9th is always kind of in that special day. But all for the good reasons, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Bungie Foundation always killing it. Like, I feel like they're always doing great things for so many different efforts. So, yeah, they, they always do such great work. And also, they have the pins that are available on the Bungie store if you want to support more efforts like uh, the Bungie Foundation. So, the next, uh, segment is uh void into the void they're uh going to be doing a rework to the uh void subclass um and uh they go on to talk about it here uh sandbox discipline lead kevin Giannis and gameplay designer samuel dunn are joining us to walk through their goals for abilities and what upcoming reworks will bring to the table so they said uh for uh, kevin says um Hey, everyone, from the Abilities team here to share some sweet details about what's coming next. By the time this gets posted, I assume you all have the opportunity to see what's cooking here in the Bungie Digital Kitchens. The world, characters, and story are all moving forward, and things are changing big time. Destiny 2 is evolving, and, the means, and that means Sandbox needs to evolve with it. Previously, they, he laid out a roadmap of changes that got us to Season 15 with some vague hints about the future. And now that we're here, he wants to plant more flags, flags in the ground flags in the ground about where we're going next <laughs> <laughs> words are hard uh okay so throughout thursday he goes on to say throughout thursday's reveal we watched as you all reacted to the witch crane seasonal loss and 30th anniversary and part of those reactions were on subjects like subcap classes and stasis aspects and fragments and then he feels that before we move forward we should rip a few band-aid bandages off so point number one, there will be no new darkness subclasses with the Witch Queen or through year five. We made the call to refocus ourselves on light subclasses this year. As you'll see below, this doesn't just mean a port, but also new and exciting stuff too. Uh, they go on to say there are no new stasis aspects and fragments arriving along Season of the Lost. And that similar to above, we wanted to focus on different initiatives instead of adding more to stasis. Uh, they say, we feel like the subclass build variety is in a good spot and was likely to benefit from tune-in changes more than new stuff. And then finally, to that end, we pri prioritize the Seasonal Lost Balance patch and another patch you'll hear about below, debuting with the 30th anniversary. Okay, so does anybody have any thoughts before we dive in a little further? Uh, I think these are all good things. I'm really excited for the 30th anniversary patch that will be coming. Um, so I'm excited to learn more. Yeah. No, I was going to say I think it's good <clears throat> that they're not going to really focus on stasis as much coming along, yeah. like season loss and all that. It's going to be really nice to have them actually put 
time and effort into the new buffing of the subclasses, Void 3.0 and Light 3.0 in general, because we saw what happened with Stasis in the beginning. They started launching the new way that subclasses are going to be uh, pushed out from that point forward, and it was just an absolute mess. Things were just completely breaking, other items, it just nothing matched up. And the fact that they're taking this entire season, which is six months, just to solely focus on what's coming, it brings me a lot of more faith in their tuning department because it no, it shows that they're like, we know this happened in Beyond Light. We're going to try and not let that happen with Witch Queen. Yeah, I feel like yeah. they're nipping in the bud now, which is uh, very very um i'm very happy about that oh yeah bungie bungie also seems to be very intentional with the decisions that they're making in the game right now i think they're very intentionally focusing on aspects of the crucible where i think we need a lot of efforts being put into i think that they're putting forth a larger effort on the end game content which i think that's really a great thing because we we've kind of been lacking that for quite some time now because yes you'll get like the vault of glass raid but once you get all of the weapons and all the armor from that activity there's little reason for you to go back to it and i feel now they're giving us that reason again they're giving destiny a greater purpose and i think that's very exciting it's that replayability it's like what i was mentioning earlier about things that i'm super excited for I you farm the same one or two items over and over, Master Vog, Vault of Glass, uh, the seasonal activity. There was just after a while you got so bored that even if you had items that you wanted to grind out, there was, was a mindless, no point. Yeah, it was a mindless grind. It was a mindless yeah. grind. Now yeah. we're gonna have more variety to all this. We have targeted grinding again, targeted focus on items that we want. We don't know how that's going to be, but the fact that we have it is better than nothing because that right. is something that Destiny players have been asking for for ages. There's just, it's just too random. We want to go for this one specific item. And mm-hmm. that is it. But having that replayability, having that variety, just make it brings more life to the game. Absolutely. I agree about, I agree with that. Um, so yeah, they're calling this Void 3.0. They go on to say, in the coming weeks, you'll hear about the changes we're making to help players regenerate ability energy and how those changes are going to affect PvE and PvP with our 30th anniversary release. Um, they go on to say that a few examples are for changes in the pipe are a reduction to how many one-shot kill abilities are available in the Crucible and shift in super energy regeneration so players are rewarded for participating in combat versus waiting for a timer. And they go on to say that later in year five, we hope to share more info on an initiative the team is discussing internally right now, making ammo generation a more deterministic and consistently pace experience across all activities. And they say they hope that what I'm describing here paints a clear picture that the game is evolving for the better. Um, and they go on to say that that it's uh, heading into their fifth year and their Destiny 2 is, and they're looking at how they can involve the sandbox and for to create new and exciting experiences and to polish the ones from 2017. And they're excited about what, you know, where it's going, where, the future. So they go on to talk about the uh, the next segment here, Brave New World. 
they're going to say, as you saw in our reveal event, we're going to be doing some serious revamps to the existing light subclasses in Destiny 2. Their void, solar, and arc subclasses and damage types have been with Destiny from the very beginning. In fact, some of the player fantasies and mechanics in Destiny 2 are the same that debuted with Destiny 1 back in 2014. And that while they've had refreshes in 2017 and 2018 with Destiny 2 and Forsaken, these subclasses have in some cases been left behind with new power bar and build crafting goals for the game. And to solve the problem, we're going to take these subclasses back into the shop to re retrofit, remix, and reinterpret it, the gameplay fantasies and mechanics by integrating them into a modern subclass experience. Uh, they go on to say that in Destiny 2 Beyond Light, they introduced a subclass, a new subclass system they dubbed internally as subclass 3.0. The goals of subclass 3.0 were to create an experience that gave players more customization akin to Destiny 1, while also meaningfully evolving that experience. To us, Destiny is best when build crafting, best in class action, and power fantasy meet all create to create gameplay experiences you can't get anywhere else. Um, <clears throat> so next thing they go on to say that uh, with Void 3.0, they're taking the subclasses you don't love and remixing them, which means adding new abilities and mechanics, ditching some old ones where it makes sense to do so, and spreading out existing ones to create enticing new combinations. Their hope is to retain playstyles you know and love today and to create some exciting new ones you didn't even know you wanted. They can't wait to see what we think about the changes as always, and we're going to be looking for and responding to feedback. Okay, so Sam is the next person to talk to us about Void 3.0. Um, does anybody have any questions or any any uh, anything to add before we dive further into this? Just um, going back a little bit, just a line where they said about having a less one-shot abilities in Crucible and also um, with just super regeneration, um, like having to be more active to get it rather than just being like a passive timer. That little segment there made me so, so happy. Like, yeah, just don't, both of those changes will make PvP a hell of a lot better because like, I think one-shot abilities are just... I obviously there's like this, the space magic element and I'm okay with embracing that, but it is in PvP very frustrating if you're putting shots into someone and then all of a sudden they just I don't know, it used to be like a handheld supernova or now like a shatter dive or whatever it might be. It's always very frustrating to die against. Um and with the super changes I do think it's it's better, especially in like trials and stuff, if you have to actively uh, and you super in terms of it doesn't even have to be kills it could just be doing damage and assists and that sort of thing rather than just being able to sit do nothing and earn super over the time so just that little segment there was was very very good to read from a pvp point of view very happy definitely uh so the next segment is called a new shape and as kevin detailed above uh, they're in the process of updating void solar and arc uh, subclasses into a 3.0 system used by stasis where you can pick and choose from a selection of supers grenades and melees and aspects and fragments to craft cool and unique builds tailored around your playstyle. in the witch queen you'll experience the first phase of the metamorphosis as you wield the powers of the void in your fight against sabathun and her lucent brood they're going to say it is important to reiterate that this update will change things destiny 2 has evolved significantly in the three years since forsaken and they believe that the light subclasses need a shakeup to keep pace. Much of the Void gameplay that you know and love will continue to exist, albeit a different form. A few things won't be returning, and there are some new exciting additions we think you'll have a blast with. 
and to paint a fixed picture on how we're approaching the Void 3.0 rework, here are the main goals. Goal number one, preserve the strong existing power fantasies of Void. They want to focus on what makes the damage type fun to use and give it a cohesive identity that can be felt throughout your subclass while also adding sweet new toys that feel like a natural extension of your Void powers. Uh, goal two, provide new and exciting build crafting possibilities through the combination of aspects and fragments. They want you to not be able to craft similar playstyles to the old subclasses diamonds using the new system, but also explore a bunch of new ways that your void abilities can work together with your armor and weapons. And goal number three, set up a frame rate for the systemic integration of the damage type into the rest of the game. They believe that stasis was very successful in providing a set of shared combat behaviors or verbs that can interact with each other with other elements in the game. And with Void, we want to double down with this effort, recognize the subclasses in a similar way, and we're planning to continue this with Solar and Arc going forward. Anybody got anything to add before we go a little further? Okay, so with the Void 3.0 update, they're defining a set of core keywords that will be used by various perks and abilities within each Void subclass. Akin to the slow freeze and shatter verbs used by Stasis, each class will specialize, and a few of these verbs will also be possible to dabble in the rest by coordinating with your fire team or with certain combinations of abilities and fragments. Uh, so they go on to say, within Void, there are three negative status effects that you'll be applying to enemies. Uh, first one is suppression. The target is knocked out of any active abilities and can't activate ability movements mode as long as suppression persists. Afflicted enemy AI combatants can't shoot their weapons. The second one is weaken. The target takes increased damage and has their movement slowed. Enemy AI combatants fire their weapons with decreased accuracy. And number three, a volatile. The target is afflicted with unstable void energy and will explode upon taking additional damage or death. And the three positive effects that you'll be applying to yourself and allies. Number one, void overshield, a protective barrier of void light, which reduces damage taken from the combatants. Number two, invisibility. You vanish from sight and do not appear on enemy radar. And number three, Devour. You feast on the energy of your foes. Kills restore you to your full health, grant grenade energy, and extend Devour. These verbs should be familiar to all veteran players, but now exist in a new, broader, systemic framework that will allow us to consistently spread their behaviors across the game, where previously they mostly existed in their own solid-off subclasses. Uh, old Dog New Tricks. Uh, so to close out this section, here's a preview of some of the new and updated abilities you'll be able, able to play with once Void 3.0 drops. First up is the Night Stalker Hunter. Shadow Shot for Mobius Quiver Super. Number one, it fires two volleys of three Void arrows in a cone which seeks out enemies and spawn Void anchors on impact. Shadow Shot makes their tethered enemies volatile and deals increased damage to tethered targets. Number two, one of the main usability pain points of the current iteration of Moby's Quiver is having to press the super and put a whole bunch of times to fire each arrow individually. I know, I hate that. I end up in like in a pit or somewhere where I don't want to be when I'm doing that. Uh, they are just cumbersome and take a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> and often resorts on the player. There it is. Drifting there you go. Tend to be off the side of a cliff. A total hypothetical. Don't you example. hate doing it when you're doing it in PvP and next thing you know, you're outside the map. Oh my god! Like, don't yeah. you get to turn back, and god. you're like, I wish yeah. I could. Yeah, you just keep going back and back, and you have no control over it. Like, uh, I mean, you ever. could just turn around, but that's gonna be a waste of a super. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. You got to commit to them, whichever way you're facing initially. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and by firing multiple arrows at once, it should be a lot easier to blanket an area with traps in preparation for a fight or put burst damage on a boss. Uh, stylish executioner aspect. So this is an aspect that they're working on. Yeah. Defeating a weakened, suppressed, suppressed, or volatile target grants visibility and true sight. After performing a stylish ex execution, your next melee attack while invisible weakens enemies. And then the second one is a twist on Middle Tree Night Stalker's current flawless execution perk. This aspect lets the hunter specialize in defeating the de debuffed enemies to keep looping their invisibility. Oh, that's pretty I'll, clever. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> Hunters got the what is, uh, got, got perks or aspects, right? That need more settled than the other classes. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing that, that, that caught my attention about those uh, uh, Void 3.0 mm -hmm. changes. Like, the Warlock and Titan, they're basically like, you do it and it stays, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Hunters, they have to do all this extra setup. The, the only cool thing about the Mobius Quiver, apart from the you know, three arrows going and setting up spawn traps, is the volatile addition to it. A mm -hmm. volatile for those who are not clear is uh, the middle tree sentinel perk. Uh, if somebody walks through the shield, or if you melee somebody, it sets the volatile on them, and then when you shoot them and kill them, right, it causes an explosion. Or sometimes, like even when you do damage to them, it causes an explosion. So that's the only cool addition that that requires no setup. You know, other than yeah. that, like you have to kill a weakened enemy. To, and then you have to uh, be invisible, and then you have to melee an enemy while you're invisible after getting a kill. That's a lot of setup, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. It'll be interesting. Uh, let's see how that plays out. Uh, next is the Sentinel Titan uh, Overwatch aspect <laughs> that they're working on. Uh, first thing is uh, it will cast a Void-Empowered Barricade to grant an Avoid Overshield to yourself and nearby allies. The Empowered Barricade slowly regenerates the Void Overshield of allies bunkering behind it. Second is we want players to be able to learn, lean into Sentinel, Sentinel Fantasy of being the frontline protector for your team. So Overwatch is a powerful tool for setting up prior to an encounter and providing safe haven to fall back to when things get spicy. Uh, Next is Shield Toss, Projectile Melee. Hurl your shield towards an enemy. The shield can ricochet off enemies and surfaces, granting you a small chunk of Void over shield for each enemy hit. Uh, that's the first point. The second is we want to give Titans more options when it comes to projectile melees. Shield Toss is a great choice for aggressively pushing forward into groups of enemies, softening them up, and giving you extra stay in power. Uh, any thoughts before we move on to the uh, Voidwalker Warlock? Personally, as a Titan main, I'm just glad that they're given new, like, new purpose for the barricades because, honestly, a barricade is just a, you drop it and then you go. There's no reason to stick around unless you're, like, under heavy fire. If you just yeah. need, like, a moment, like, to breathe, you just pop it, and then once you get your moment, you're gone. There's no reason to stick around. But having this and giving it a reason for you to stick around and be close to it to keep recharging that uh, overshield, it's a yeah. really, really nice touch, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely more use, like, definitely 
Yeah, it has a better, it's more dynamic, I feel like. Yeah. Sure. What's that exotic for uh, auto rifles that reloads your auto rifle? Uh, what is that? Actium um, Warwick? Yeah, Actium Warwick. Actium Warwick. I want to yeah. see how, you know, the, the boy classes for the Titan. For sweet business. Warwick. Yeah, and, you know, six people sitting there in the barricade. Uh, the Titans, oh, and just Alan, melting. when he tests that out, let me join you. Because <laughs> I know you're gonna do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all this. Even right now, we're thinking about all shit. Imagine as soon as we get it, it's it's gonna do all kinds of dumb shit. The coolest changes so far oh, yeah. is the warlock changes. Yeah, it's just, I can't wait to get yeah, over that. Warlock. Yep, which we're yeah. getting into next. Uh, first uh, up for the Voidwalker warlock, pocket singularity, projectile melee. Uh, first thing is launching a tracking unstable ball of en void energy that detonates when it's near an enemy, pushing targets away from the blast and making them volatile. Second, designed it as an anti-dive tool and a way to push enemies out of cover. With careful placement, it's possible and incredibly satisfying to bop enemies up in the air and then pop that are volatile, volatile with a well-placed headshot before they hit the ground. That's like something like out of like Mass Effect almost like, isn't it? Like the, yeah. isn't it the, uh, I can't remember the, the um, player. Vanguard. The Vanguard, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that seems almost, uh, you know, um, I don't know. That's a, that's really cool. Um, so next is uh, Child of the God, Old Gods aspect. Uh, first thing is cast your rift to summon a sentinel black hole which hovers at your side, waiting for a target. It will launch itself at enemies, then begin siphoning their energy and weakening them, refunding their life force back to you as either a grenade and melee energy. If you're using a healing rift or health, if you're using a power rift, defeating enemies who are being siphoned by the child will refund some rift energy. Wow, so you have a void buddy now. Yeah. That. No, see that that, that it depends on the radius. That that's that will be extremely broken if the radius is too much. Yeah. Because uh with with empowering growth you get health benefits, right? And and every mm -hmm. PvP player, you know, worth their salt is gonna use the empowering growth because when they pop that DPS increase, right? And if the radius is too much <laughs> That. Yeah, yeah, that, that could be busted. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be disgusting. Yeah, you're gonna see a lot more warlocks playing, like oh, yeah. avoid subclass. Uh, so the second one is a uh, child of the old gods is a strong debuff tool that gives void walkers an additional way to lock down in the area while sustaining themselves. Uh, they're going to say, "We hope that this preview sparks your curiosity and gets you thinking about new, cool new void builds." Have you ever wanted to run spectral blades and vanishing step? Word of Dawn and Controlled Demolition, Handheld Supernova and Devour. There are a lot of new possibilities. And as we get closer to the Witch Queen, we'll be back in future TWABs to talk more about supers, fragments, and grenades you'll be mixing and matching. They're excited about what they're cooking up, and we can't wait for you to get your hands on it. In the meantime, check out the Ability Balance update that was released with Season of Lost and Destiny 2, Update 3.3.0. Thanks for your time, and see you soon. Okay, so that's... The Void 3.0 changes that they're looking to do. Anybody have anything else to add? In my um, opinion, I think the Warlock definitely got the lion's share of the deal. Yeah, I agree. 
yeah it, that sounds really cool yeah. what they and the, yeah with the titan the titan since that hits me if uh mainly i'm definitely gonna be trying that out but i'm wondering how other than the small overshield how the shield throw is going to differ from the regular super because you can already do that did you not hear the other part of it yeah you the barrier you, when you throw the shield right yeah and it ricochets off of multiple targets Right. Yeah, you get a chunk yeah, of void yeah, overshield. Yeah, you can already do that, and you get that no, chunk, no, small no, no, chunk no, no, of void overshield. Yeah. So basically, you pop the shield, the barricade, right? And yeah. You get the overshield, and you push forward and throw a freaking uh, a sentinel shield or whatever shield, yep. right? Is this gonna ricochet off and just regen your shield, and you can be in active fights over and over and over again? Yes, but I want to know. I want to know how much further that ricochet is going to extend before it loses its energy. Because with the I mean, super, it already goes a good deal. Yeah, it, it's so they're probably gonna scale it down to like a melee uh, effect. Either ways, bro. Either ways. Imagine that running with a running that with a melee build, Titan melee build, right? A full oh, dude, build, right? you're speaking my language already. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's it, There are ways where it can be. You can you you can absolutely. My brain is always in PvP when I'm thinking about this stuff. Yeah. When it comes for PvE, that's where I'm thinking. Gonna be, yeah, it's always it's already gonna be broken because you're basically standing still and melting things. Yeah. But in motion is what you know. Yeah, it, it's it, the in motion that's gonna be where it really shines, in my opinion. Yeah. But definitely, I think like one of the coolest would have to be the hunter. The Hunter is definitely, like, in my opinion, probably the biggest change, not the most powerful, but to, like, completely change up how the super is done, it's pretty massive, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Hunter main, so that's that's what I'll be playing with. But I, I'm definitely going to be trying all of them out because, the, yeah, I really love what they're doing no. with the okay. Warlock. So, like, the, the Resident Hunter is the... I, I don't know if he even plays anything other than Goldie. Benji, Oof. do you really think that's a massive change? <laughs> I, I think the, I suppose, the spectral one, the flawless execution change, will be, I guess, interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, it doesn't sound like you said there's quite a few steps to go about it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be too busted, which is always a risky run when you you know, something's like wall hacks or something along those lines. Um, yeah. The Night Stalker one, like the super itself sounds like it just sounds like a necessary change more than anything because like we've already said, like we, you, you have quite a few problems with that super when you're trying to fire off multiple tethers. It's just not, it's just not ideal in a combat environment. Um, yeah. So that feels, <laughs> that feels, that just feels Especially like Grandmaster. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah. oh, oh God. God. There's only two... Uh, okay, You're just is, asking, asking to be killed, really. Yeah. Like, yep. There's much. only two types of people that proc uh, false execution in PvP, right? It's the people who literally stay crouched because they want to proc it, right? And then there's people who subconsciously proc it because they're so used to, you yeah, know, crouching. Uh, so used to crouching even while moving, you know? They slay, yeah. shoot, and then... Push. At the last shot, they crouch and shoot and get the kill. You know, yeah. there's only two types of people that 
there's only two. The, 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 then there's the middle ground. <laughs> Some people who are lost in between. Like how how I don't I don't think it's a massive change. No, uh, because the setup is overall way too much. Like way too much for the hunter because you have to be close to Procket in the first place, right? And then you get it, and after you get it, you have to be invisible. To uh, I'm sorry, you have to get a kill after you proc it, and then you have to be invisible uh, in order to melee the enemy for that enemy to be weak, uh, to be weakened. Like I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's even viable. I don't think it's massive at all. I think I'll as a a guy who literally only plays hunter. I think I will definitely the the super change. I'll definitely try out. I think that's yeah. going to be very viable in PVE. Um, and I'll definitely give that a try. The I don't. I mean, I don't play spec now anyway. Um, okay. But I don't. I I don't see myself using it based off the that change. Um, yeah. I just yeah. I think it's. I think it's a cool change. I just. I yeah. don't think it's particularly strong. Um, yeah. And the the super change was more of a. Um, like that could have been done outside. Yeah, that could have been done outside of a rework. Like that was just a change that I think needed yeah. that they've just needed incorporated it. Yeah, they've just incorporated it into this rework, which is fair enough. Um mm-hmm. I know I said there's still, you know, this is only little parts of it. I'm sure there's plenty more um to come from. But I mean, for me it's like for all of these changes, it's like the destiny player in me is like like yeah, let's go crazy like i'd love to sound all these changes but then the pvp yeah. guys like really skeptical like some of these is going to be like really broken yeah. or busted in some way so i'm always like kind of on edge a bit but you know we'll see how they play out i, I like guess. it because it's getting us back to like a destiny one style of those yeah. subclasses when we had yeah. when we had yeah. so many other choices yeah. and things like that so many other paths to you know yeah, I yeah. love that about Destiny One, bro. Absolutely love that. Yeah. You could change the entire skill tree, you know, and and mm-hmm. these aspects are you know paving way for that. And I love that. I love it. Yep, that's Definitely. my number one thing. Yeah. Uh, so next thing up is uh, Prime Rewards, Prime Gaming. Um, so we have a new season, so we have new Prime Rewards. Uh, the things you can get for your Prime Rewards is uh, this uh, coming season. Uh. Wardcliffe Coil Exotic Rocket Launcher. You can get also get a Diesel Punk Exotic Ornament. So that's two Wardcliffe Coil um, ornaments. You can also get the Eon Drive Exotic Sparrow or the Lost Legendary Ghost Projection. And they go on to say, if you want like to snag these rewards, make sure you head to the link here in the TWAB, then follow directions to redeem them. If you have any questions about Prime Gaming Program or Prime Gaming Support, uh, the Prime Gaming Support article is a good first stop on the train to loot down. So the next, that, uh, oh, go ahead. That part of the swab would interest me if India had fucking Twitch Prime. <laughs> I can <laughs> see. I can see your frustration. Yeah, bro. <laughs> um, so next segment is a season of the Lost My Mind. Uh, they go on <laughs> to say that year after year, Destiny player support has been improving in its preparations for the fresh seasons. The list of known issues and need-to-know workarounds to go live the moment our patch hits your devices. This season, we found a few bugs that are preventing quest progress, but the team is already jamming on fixes. And this is their report. Cocoons and urchins. When Season of the Lost was released, Destiny player support saw an increase in players receiving the error code urchin 
after completing the Seal of the Lost mission, Mission Cocoon. This occurs when players try to obtain a new quest step with a full quest inventory. Players who are receiving the Urchin error should make room in their quest inventory so that additional quests can be added to the inventory upon completion. And there's a bunch of other known issues that you can read the TWAB for here. Um, we're definitely not going <laughs> to go through every one of them, but there's a long list here. And uh, yeah, if anybody is experiencing those, then uh, hopefully they have a fix in for a lot of these things pretty soon. Um, we got the movies of the week next. Uh, first one is uh, You've Yeed Your Last Paw Templar. <laughs> it's a uh, one phase Templar. So that's pretty cool. And Has anyone seen that, by the way? Just okay. yeah, it's it's his last yeah. word. Yeah. So good. The lucky pants is insane, DPS. Like, in really? Yeah, oh my like god. So lucky pants is cracked, huh? Literally. Literally. Well, it's like, literally broken. <laughs> fucking crazy broken. It's crazy, DPS. You know, oh. you know what? The one thing I liked about the movie of the week winners this week is I'm happy that it wasn't Bungie, uh, Benji. Oh, <laughs> bro, you, you fucking win too many. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, we got two others. We got a movie of the week, uh, pre buff bombardiers, Ode to the Bombardiers. Um, and then the third one, we have a tribute to Anarchy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> so, hey, ben, we need to make a deal. The next one you make for movie of the week, just, just tell them I'm the editor. Okay, no, you can be one of my paid actors. Damn. I fucking think it. I'll do it. That emblem is sweet, bro. I'll do it. No, i wait until next season. I want the new emblem. I've already got this one. Yeah, bro. Yeah, we'll sort something out, don't worry. And we got yeah. our artists of the week. Uh, we got some fine art uh, here that we they always showcase in here. So definitely yeah. some really cool pieces of uh, Sabathun in here. And mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, check out the third one. <laughs> that one is amazing. <laughs> what is this? He drew it himself. Okay. Robin's That's, artwork is so good. It's so awesome. It is adorable. That's awesome. <laughs> Aww. Okay, so the final closing here, um, they go on to say, along with all the amazing Sabbath Moon fan art, we've also seen a lot of excitement and questions around who is voicing the Witch Queen. We're happy to share that it's none other than talented Deborah Wilson. We asked her about her experience voicing the iconic Destiny villain's debut. Deborah go on, goes on to say, voicing Sabathun is like a dream come true. So many deep layers to this character and exploring them all is why playing her will draw you into the story, the plot, and fantastic universe of a game. Make it your destiny to play. So that's really cool. Uh, so DMG goes on to say here at the end, thank you for making all this possible. Truly without a passionate community, fueling the fires of inspiration and motivation, who knows where we'd be. What a wild ride it's been. Next month will mark seven years, seven full years of destiny, seven years of space magic, crucible, patch notes, community, and more. We still have so far to go with you all. Let's start by taking our next steps into the season of Lost, shall we? And that's uh, that's the TWAB, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely a wild ride. Yeah. That was, um, that was a pretty epic TWAB, and, and we do have a tradition on the show. We get to rate the weekly update or the TWAB in the form of spicy tuna rolls 
One being bad, very bad spicy tuna, and five being the best spicy tuna you can get. Yeah, we have a lot of judges on here tonight. Mm. So mm. we're going to kick things off with, let's see, who wants to go first? Lady, the lady. Let's let the ladies go first. Rowan, do you want to kick things off? How would you rate this week's Spongy Weekly Update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five, and why? Four. I would say four spicy tuna rolls. Well, because <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure what a five would look like, uh, but I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Um, I, I appreciate. Well, okay. In general, I appreciate the TWAB simply because uh, they really lean into the community aspect. I like that they take the time to feature different members of the community. And I like that that is also showcased on their storefront where they actually work with community members to develop the merchandise. And obviously I'm biased because I work in merch, but I think that Bungie is pretty much the only company that I see that outright makes an effort to include the fandom in as many ways as it does. Uh, whereas not all of them, but historically speaking, most of the merchandise companies, or not merchandise companies, sorry, most of the IP uh, owners that I have worked with in the past would either pretend that fandom doesn't exist or is only specifically focused on the certain subset or demographic of fandom that they feel is the most relevant. And by not addressing the other parts of fandom, they're kind of creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of like, oh, you know, using the, the low-hanging fruit here, like, oh, women don't play games. And it's like, yes, if you don't foster a welcoming environment, then yes, women are not going to play your games. And it's really cool that they actually make a concerted effort to every week call out these community members who are spending hours and hours and hours doing these gorgeous pieces of artwork uh, and, and putting that as part of their devlog. And I think that's just a super cool reason why I really enjoy Destiny as a whole. Well said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Benji, how would you rate this week's Bungie Weekly Update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five? You know, I'm thinking a four as well. That was my first reaction. I think a five would probably be in the twabs we've had the previous weeks. We had some very, very spicy twabs, and I think they would have been a five. But I think this one, I think it's a four purely because of the Void 3.0 uh, changes, I think. If it wasn't for those changes, it'd probably be just a two or a three. Um, but I think those changes alone, it's such a... It's great to have some insight into what we're getting. Um, it all sounds very cool, very exciting. I think everyone's very excited to um, finally get these rework for the light subclasses to to match uh, the customization that Stasis has. So I think just getting an insight into that um, and obviously the hype we'd have with the showcase this week, it has to be has to be a four on the uh, the, the tuna scale. And Alan, what about you? What would you rate this week's Bungie Weekly Update between one and five? It's a three for me. Oh, uh, a three. Okay, tough crowd. Yeah, All right. Well, sure, sure. Yeah, nah, <laughs> it's, savage, it's, bro. No, it's, it's, nah, it's, it's a very short swap. So it's okay. barely anything. Uh, okay. They just set like a very high standard for the last four weeks in regards to swap, right? And, like, there was a lot of information taken and the showcase, like, just blew my freaking mind, right? And I'm still, like, reeling back from the... And... Uh, I come back swap, down to like, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And this swap, I expected, like, way too much. Probably, like, I set my expectations way too high. 
uh, and I got very little from it. Um, so that's why it's a three for me. But you know, I like that they're delving into a more customization of your fantasy, and you know, as a class, and then the, it's it's still a three. It's still a three. That's okay. Fair. I can I can respect that. And Alpha, what would you give this week's Bungie Weekly update between one and five spicy tuna rolls? I would have to definitely say it's a four. I agree with both uh, Benji and Alan. Uh, Bungie Alan has Roman. what? Benji and Roman. <laughs> Alan's good three, not four. Bruh, <laughs> I didn't say I agree. Okay, if you'll let me finish. I'll explain why I agree with you. Okay. Impatient. Okay. I agree with both Benji and Alan because Bungie has definitely set us up for high expectations with the TWAPs. They've given us absolute mind blower after mind blower after mind blower and just absolutely juicy details. This one felt less of a reveal and more of a, hey, here's a heads up. This is what we are working on, and we want you to be included in the process along with it. Not, boom, this is what we're doing. It was great. Lots of juicy details. It just, again, that small detail just makes it a four for me. Okay. I can respect that. Shadow Price, what about you? What would you give this week's Bungie weekly update between one and five? Uh, Alan, were you saying something? No, I said a good recovery, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna go a little bit above. I'm gonna go four and a half because I, you know, this is a week of this is new content. We have new content in the game. They didn't have to give us a huge twab. Um, I mean, I know it's not huge as the ones we've gotten before, but the fact that they did talk about the void subclass reworks and things like that and some of their goals and what they want to do, I thought that was really cool, and I definitely think that's going to be a welcome change to the game to you know because stasis gives you more of that custom customization with your subclass so i really feel like that's like definitely going to bring light subclasses back into the fold which i think they need to be because they've been overshadowed by stasis ever since they've come it's come into the game um so i think that's that's some awesome uh you know insight right there and um the rest of this so i mean yeah i i am going a little high with that but I think under those circumstances, like I, I that's why I'm grading it that way. Cause I mean, this is a new season. We have new content this week and they, they could have came out and just like, Oh, Hey, how's it going folks? How's everybody, you know, enjoying season of lost and things like that. Oh, great. Okay. Here's a few movies of the week and arts and uh budget foundation. And I'll see you next week, but no, we got more than that. And so that's why I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. I can respect that. So I'm going to go, I'm going to be really generous this week and i am going to agree with willow here and he's in our chat Uh, i'm gonna give it a five out of five spicy tuna rolls and here's why i think that bungie completely crushed it on tuesday with the content that we saw on the game i think that what we saw was completely next level it was beyond anything that i ever even could have remotely predicted Based on that, I think that they deserve a lot of credit there. In addition to that, a lot of really good changes coming to Void uh, subclass 
I think that's going to be a welcoming change that will make the game better. Uh, I really love the efforts that Bungie is continuing to put forth with the Bungie Foundation and supporting a lot of the important uh, things that are happening in the world today. So they're doing some really great things there, which I think that you got to give them some credit for what they're doing uh, with those efforts. And then also, I think it's really cool how they're supporting Twitch Prime. You get a rocket launcher, and if you're new to the game and you have Amazon Prime, you can go and get some extra rewards. So that's a plus, too. But Bungie made a lot of commitments this week between Crucible, between endgame content, between making the Crucible a better and safer and more fair playing field for all players. Oh, I yeah, think I forgot to mention that. They talked about, yeah. Very briefly. Yeah, I mean, they were crushing it on, on all those aspects. So I think based on that, I think they're deserving of a five out of five spicy tuna rolls from Cornholio for this week. So Guardians, um, before we let everybody go, we have a lot of Guardians to share where we can learn more about you and what you all do. Well, let's kick things off. Ladies first. Rowan, do you want to kick things off? Where can the Guardians learn more about you and what you do in the Destiny community? Uh, So I I basically only exist on Twitter.com, for better or for worse, more often for worse. Um, (laughs) So I'm I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, I I play PC. um, But that's that's pretty much it. I don't do YouTube. I don't really stream um, because watching me play video games is not very entertaining as much as it is as entertaining as it is to watch all of you guys play not so much for me but uh but yeah twitter twitter is it it's just my name rowan rowden very cool i don't know and rowan i think i think you i think you should stream i watch benji i need i need better content <laughs> bruh I don't think he needs to be one of your paid actors anymore. You know what's the best thing, bro? When I came into the streamer world, right? Benji was one of the first friends I met. I fucking love him. Like, he yeah, was dude. already huge, you know? Like, there was no need for him to even talk to me or play with me or forever fucking. He's one of my best friends. We don't really talk or play much anymore because, you know, he's busy and, and a lot of stuff going on. I'm busy. But he's one of my best friends. Fucking love the dude. Brings a tear to my eye. I, l- <laughs> I love you, too. I love you, too. <laughs> I'll, uh... Well, uh, I have never edited a podcast with so many guests, so it will be a very unique experience, but uh, I'm definitely unique. excited for the challenge. <laughs> I single-handedly uh, ruined this podcast. Okay, so Alan, where can we learn more about you and your crazy work um, that you do in this community? And, uh I'm 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 everywhere. I'm active everywhere. Uh and Twitter, Insta, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok. TikTok is banned in India and I'm still on TikTok, you know? I, I'm doing whatever I can. Bro, don't uh, get arrested. Uh, no, nah, we won't, we won't. <laughs> uh it's basically I have to do all this. Like I have to do all this. The the presence of Indian creators on Twitch is like next to nothing. 
uh, and uh, you know, servers was not a thing. And we recently, February on my birthday, they launched their first server, so more creators are coming in. I'm doing my best to, you know, create more opportunities and more, you know, brands to invest money into creators from here. And it's 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 a battle. It's a uphill battle, and I do my best in all these platforms. If you want to get to know me, and uh, you get to know me, what you see on screen is literally me off screen. There's no bullshit. I'll give you straight everything. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, my friend. And we wish you all of the best in everything that you're working on in the community. And uh, we're excited to hang out again with you tonight. And Benji, where can we learn more about you and what you do in the community? Um, so predominantly Twitter and Twitch. Um, I do dabble a bit in YouTube, TikTok, and Reddit as well. Like I am active on those platforms, but I don't really post as much. Um, I do stream on Twitch. You can find me there. And yeah, mainly Twitter. Twitter is like my main social media platform. I'm like super, super active. Spend way too much time on Twitter. Um, if you want to see daily Ice Luna tweets and you know clips of me cheating with a hawk moon that caught one tap then Twitter's <laughs> the place to be. Um, so yeah, yeah mainly those. Um, so yeah, um, the, my name on all my platforms is Benji with B and three J's and two Y's. Um, literally the exact same across Twitter, Twitch, Reddit, YouTube, etc. And yeah, I just kind of, I kind of just do my own thing. Like I just mainly play PvP and post clips and funny shit happens. I post it. I do memes, hot takes, and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's where that's that's where you can find me. Very cool. And Alpha, what about you? First podcast. Do you have fun? First podcast, I definitely had fun. Um, unfortunately, awesome. Alan was here. So. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Okay. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Mm. Oh, wait, I heard a mosquito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, oh, Alpha, so where can you we learn more? Alpha. Where can we learn more about you, my friend, and what you do in the community? Uh, mainly, I'm over on uh, Twitch at It's KB Alpha. Um, I do a lot of just grinding, hanging out, and talking to my community. I'm very community-focused. I want to make sure everyone that comes in is safe and has a good time. Um, I do post guides as well as funny moments over on my YouTube at just KB Alpha. Uh, you'll find guides that cater more towards uh, beginner players as well as some tips and tricks that might help veteran players as well. And then Twitter, I I should not spend as much time on there as I do. It's bad for my health. So you'll find me there at it's KB Alpha as well. Very cool. And Shadow Price. Where can we learn more about you and what you do? Mainly on Twitter at ShadowPrice79, uh, but also here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. This was a blast. Thanks for having me tonight. It was great chatting with you all. Yeah, thank you all for joining cool, us tonight. Uh, and it was great to hang out with all of you tonight. It was an honor to invite so many amazing creators from our Destiny community we're so grateful for everybody who showed up live. We're excited to get the show up for you uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be on Apple, 
Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Music, Google Play, and every major platform. So make sure to check that out. You can find the Destiny Show podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find us right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the Destiny Show every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific with the best guests in the Destiny community. We're so, so excited to bring you amazing guests each and every week. We will be back next week with another amazing guest. And we'll be talking about a lot more Destiny 2 as we get closer and closer to the Witch Queen. You can also find the Destiny Show podcast on Twitter at the Destiny Show. You can find us on the web at destinyshow.com. We will be getting a new website with a lot of cool updates and upgrades for the community. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. And you can find me on Twitter at Boris, the SEO. And thank you so, so much, Guardians, for joining us for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. And we'll see you all next week. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. And there we go. What an episode. We did an episode. Thank you all so much. We did a thing. We did it. We did it. You're welcome for ruining it. You're welcome. (laughs) Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.